forge has gone quiet, the bellows blow no more. The forge has gone quiet, the smiths have gone home. Only fading embers remain, and my hearth grows cold. One kiss from you to rekindle it all. So welcome back to Community Members. It's episode 61. Only eight more until we all play Exact Celebrants. Yeah. Yes. 69. Um, <laughs> Not my favorite chaotic guy, but let's <laughs> Well, when in Rome. That's right. Or when in... Rome. Durangle? Yes. Cahabro. When in Cahabro, do do as the locals do. Um so is 69 a critical success in this game from now on? Uh, maybe it is on that. Maybe it is on that episode. Okay. <laughs> the one episode. <laughs> no one will ever roll it anyway. But yeah. We'll make sure to do a lot of dice rolls at that. that, that, that. <laughs> We're adults, guys. That's right. We're, We're adults. adults. <laughs> hey, thank you for your patronage, yeah. by the way. Thank you for... Welcome, uh, for 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 helping support our silly habits, um, because we are just a bunch of dorks gaming in the basement, yeah. which is kind of cool, and we're eating food that you all help pay for. So thank you from our table to yours. Yeah. Um, we're knocking down Patreon goals like crazy. We've got a lot of radiator now. Queen of Embers is continuing. We're on Act Six. Um, we have fun stuff coming up for that. Um, I still can't believe to see these people. Pay to listen to us, but hey, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's their mistake. <laughs> I'm saying, if you told anyone like 15 years ago, I'd be like, I'm gonna get paid for people to watch me play games. Nobody would have. Oh, my mom. Me. My mom doesn't. My mom is like, she's flummoxed. She's like, well, I understand you make games for a living, but people pay to watch you guys game. I'm like, yeah, it's it's a brave new world, mom. You watch the Chiefs every Sunday, so you watch mm-hmm. football. It's it's all the same, kind of. Um, but but nonetheless, it is episode 61 and. We're we're I'm at going, the top of my game. That's right. What's up? <laughs> Woo! That's right. They won. So, uh, what? Before oh, we yeah. jump in, oh, yeah. yeah, they did. Uh, before we <laughs> jump in, that's the that's the the Chiefs. Woo! Or did you did you just dab? I don't or know. Or did you I just did. go? I did this. I think you dabbed. I think you oh, I can dab. dab. I can, I'll dab for you. Guys. <laughs> right. Oh, God. As the as the kids do. I know that is. As the so. kids say. Uh, I don't even know. It's some sort of we Zoomer thing. Turn this <laughs> it is, it's some, it's something to do with, uh, I don't know. <laughs> you're going to break good. a hip? Yeah, you're going to put a hip out. Oh! <laughs> we, we also discussed uh, that I am the oldest person at the table. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the old man. Yeah, back in my back back in during my day. AD&D. <laughs> back in the back 90s. Back when there was yellow ribbons on the books. Yellow ribbons. <laughs> uh, so... I wanted before we jump in. I wanted to kind of maybe do a, a refresher on some house rules that we've instituted because I know that we're talking about doing one for the upcoming mechanics for Monday. Yeah. yeah, for rounds. Yeah. So the first house rule we have is, and we've been testing this for a while, is the idea of introducing rounds and standards of Vihander. Before the game even starts, we, we, we do it mostly off camera, but we roll initiative, put it up on a board, and we use that to run everything um, throughout the entire game session. And that's kind of bog standards, Y-hander, and it's done for a couple of reasons. Um, one, so we don't have to break up between role play to move to combat. And then two, because <clears throat> uh, it makes things easier from a game master. So I can, like, have a bunch of people trying to do one th- something at once. I just go back to initiative and say, okay, well, here's kind of the ring stack order. 
you're the one who initiated the action, so we'll start with you and then move down the list. So what we've been trying, um, and we've done, I think, three combat scenarios at this point with the rounds. Three or four. Three or four. Um, we re no. So we do a D&D &D approach, which is everybody rolls their initiative, we put it on cards, everyone takes their turn. When their turn is over, I hand the card back, they re-roll their initiative and hold it in reserve. And then the next round comes, everyone rolls, put the cards up, and we take, and it makes things more dynamic. I think it's had some interesting results. I, I don't know if I'm on board with 100% yet, but that's one of the house rules we tried or we're on. So what are the other house rules we have like currently in game? Like what do we currently have are we using outside of the rounds one? Uh, drawing weapons cost AP. That's right. Drawing weapons cost AP. Sorry. Um, <laughs> out of easy spe It should be, spe specifically it yeah, should be, it, it, in my opinion, in my Game Master Fiat mode, which is, and the game doesn't really dictate this, say this, it isn't say you can swap weapons freely in combat. It says you can draw your weapon, you do it for free. But if you start swapping weapons, that's where I start, that's why I take Umbridge. I hate to be the actually guy. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, but, actually. But, well, actually, yeah, the book does call out, as long as you do so at the beginning of your turn, it costs zero AP. So somewhere on the screen, we should put the page number <laughs> yeah. over, over here. There it yeah. is. Yeah. It says what? Well, I'm sorry? Uh, it says, as long as you do so at the beginning of your turn, you may trade weapons, swap out, and something else for free. Cool. But then, like, it, it doesn't say it, but then it's implied that, like, if you choose to switch weapons af after after your turn has started, then it costs AP because you're in the middle of doing like, right, right, right. Yeah. So you could switch early in the according combat to the rules. chapter, too, isn't it? I mean, it's pretty. It's fairly early. So according to the rules, you could swap your weapon every single round. Every single round for zero AP. Turn. Turn, I should say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> as long as it's not the beginning of your turn. Turn, yeah. Being yeah. In, and being and in each turn, be I should say. Yeah, so let's say you wanted to move from, like, well, I used my bull up last time. I'm going to get my two-handed sword. I'm going to get my Zweihander out. I'm going to just whack him. You can do that as long as you do it at the beginning of your turn. As opposed to, I'm going to move, draw my weapon, and strike. You have to do it and declare it yeah. at the beginning. Like, I'm going to swap weapons. So there's a little bit of tactical whoa, whoa, stickiness really? there. Yeah. yeah. Which I think we're going to move. We're going to move to. We're going to delete that house rule. We're going to move back to the original rules. So okay. as long as you declare at the beginning of your turn. So what are some other house rules we have? Uh, uh, we... Is shooting into melee making it a hard test? Is that a house rule? That is a fiat. Yeah, that is a fiat. Yeah. Okay. That is a fiat. And I think, in fact, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, under either simple range or martial range, because you know it lists in the skills chapter, different different example difficulty ratings. Difficulty mm -hmm. ratings are always GM fiat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Rarely are they fixed with exceptions of certain things, like this example. Magic. Magic is fixed, or it's a star I should say it's a starting point. It's not fixed. It's a starting point. Just healing. Truly fixed, right? Not always healing. Though. It depends on the sort sort of intimidating words, fire, yeah, yeah. Yeah. like catching on fire, stuff like that. Yeah, everything has a suggested starting mm -hmm. point. That's right. Yeah. So there's no hard and fast like difficulty ratings. There's a few exceptions to that, but they're always like a starting point. I know. Um, easy reach. Something I've I've seen you do before um, is. You allow for aiming to adjust difficulty rating. Yes, as um, opposed to just bonus. Right. Yeah, because in the book it's a. Um, it's a bonus base off chance. Yeah. Yes. So there's. It's really the same though, isn't it? It is not, no. and here's why it's not the same. Uh, because difficulty rating impact the high. The better your difficulty rating, oh, the better your chances of uh, getting crits and failure. No. Yeah. Well, yeah, the other person has a worse chance of dodging stuff. But more importantly, when you get into advanced tier. Um, you have a cap. You have, you can only add up to thirty percent to your dice rolls. I guess that's true. Yeah. 
talents, skills, traits, all that fun stuff, you only add to 30% before difficulty rating. So that's why I adjust difficulty rating instead so you could take advantage of the most bonuses possible. Because if you've got three skill ranks in martial melee and you've got a talent that allows you to do something really cool by adding a plus 20%, you can't add a plus 20% because you can't add more than plus 30 to your die roll before difficulty rating is called out. So it's better for me to adjust difficulty rating for you. It's more advantageous. I just thought of a different house rule. I was reminding myself. So I was like, ding. (laughs) So that's not really... So, yeah, so to to your point, Mike, no, that aiming thing is not a house rule. It's just a... All difficulty ratings are GM fiat. Right. And it's intended to be so. Mm -hmm. I mean, technically, all rules are a suggestion, I suppose. Like, we we change it. (laughs) It's better for our table. Well, rule zero doesn't say ignore rules. Rule zero says change rules that work best for your game table. Right. Work well, together to do it, not ignore them. Well, because years ago, it was like, if you aimed, you negated the... That's right. The difficulty yeah, completely. Like a long time we, ago. That was a really long, long time right. ago. So Before don't, we use the battle accuracy. Don't let me confuse. <laughs> yeah. What other house uh, rules do we have? Uh, this doesn't come up very often because it's only on a campaign basis, but uh, um, when we roll up characters, uh, we use the Grand Provost method with exception to um, profession. That's right. We kind of select. We select our professions. Yes, um, and and a, and a large reason to that is because we've been playing Zweihander for what seven, eight years now. <laughs> and a lot of us want to try new characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New yeah. Um, but some of us. Or if you like Mike, you plan for six months before. Yeah, some of us still do, <laughs> do nothing but Groom Perilous Method, and they won't ever deviate from it. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Daniel allows. I like us, dice. Yeah, he he lets us choose that. Um, and we need to do it thematically for the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. We don't we don't try to balance for like tank healer support. Yeah. It's always like oh, we've never done that. No. <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like what makes sense for the story? Like what what do you want to play? Yeah. What makes sense for the story and how would it fit within the group's dynamic? Yeah, we're we're the last trying to Jane was formed before yeah. this campaign. The last it's, two we didn't have a healer. It's right? almost like formulating a cast more than like necessarily choosing roles within like yeah. a game. Yeah, so I no. play. We a choose a party bit, theme. See, I play a little bit differently. Like when ben I was our last healer before him. Well, see, when Lisa was like kind of created or whatever, my thought was, all right, this is what it rolled up as. Okay, this is how it can fit into the story. Yeah. I've always been that role player. That's like, no, let me see how this person mm-hmm. can fit in this world as opposed yeah. to how I can make this world work. This person, I guess. Yeah. So what are what other house rules have we? Well, we do the. Spend a fortune point to go one step up the damage or peril condition track immediately after suffering peril or damage. Is that yeah. an easy reach? Drop weapons? That's all. That's always been one of your rules. Is that actually in the book? No. No. Not I didn't think reach. so. That's no. that's no. A, that's well, been one of your table well, rules for glad, like. But he so so <laughs> that right that that used <laughs> to happen that used to happen a lot back when we had the house rule of and I think we talked about that house rule for uh, the Dunhall mystery. Yeah. Um, when we had the house rule of. When you're knocked prone, you drop your weapon. Right. Um, but that, it's like, why that's would you been, do that? Just, yeah. Why would you ever use disarm? Yeah. So it's all down. Because yeah. it because it does both. Right. Because it disarm and knocks right. someone down for yeah. Yeah. yeah free basically. So, uh, I mean, it still happens because they're critical successes and failures. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Anytime, but anytime a weapon's dropped, whether it's disarmed or however, it's usually outside of easy reach. That's two AP. Right. Yeah. Recover. Well, um, I, I've also seen Dan adjudicate like if you willingly drop your weapon, it's right at your feet. That's right. Yeah, that's also true. So just yeah. pick it right up. Yeah. Um, it's the ones I can really think of because all because we, we dump strike again, we dump yeah. multiple attacks. Like mm-hmm. we just there's a, there's 
Well, mess. those weren't really house rules, like, though. Those were like beta tests. Really. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we house ruled a couple magic y things. I just can't quite recall what they were. Like, there's a couple magic. times when I, like, a character lost a spell book or something like that. Oh, wait. Like, you mean Nick gets to play? Well, magic hold on. Or? Time out. We're talking about this game. Yeah. No, this it's specific game. No, this specific game. Oh, yeah. That's a point. Way, way in the past. Yeah, but well, we, are we not doing the multiple attacks? That, did we drop that? We did, we did drop it. Yeah. yeah, we dropped that. We play tested it and decided, no. Really? <laughs> it turned out to be a big mess. Yeah. It was just a, it was a time-consuming mess. Well, it wasn't time-consuming. No. It no, just made perilous stunts unnecessary. Yeah, why would, why would I why? disarm or knock you down when I can just hit you again? Yeah. Again. Yeah. But, no, not today. We do have one house where we adopted out of that, which is going to stick, which is the... If you miss with a perilous oh, yeah. attack, or so if you miss with a perilous stunt or miss the melee attack, try again for one AP. I like that. Before yeah. it used to be try it if you fail, you're done. Yeah, yeah. you're done. Yeah. yeah, you were just screwed. Now it's just try it again. Try it again. Oh, Worst yeah. difficulty rating, but try it again. I like yeah. that. That's that's how we stacked everything else. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so now it's not you're limited to one attack action. You're limited to one successful attack action. That's right. That's right. I like yeah. that. I think that's. It's the do, do we have, do we write on house rules in like the the book though? Uh, There's a room for it. I thought someone I, wrote some down. I remember there being a printed one. Difficulty uh, rating too. Uh, what do you mean difficulty rating? When we do the uh, like um, interactions, if I fail, then the next person goes lower and lower and lower. For if I succeed, you we go up. Social. Oh, you're talking about like scaling intrigue. difficulty. Yeah, that's not oh, a yeah, book, is it? That's yeah. So, what, what you're, I think yeah, what you're referring what you're referring to is what I like to call skill piling. So skill piling is like, oh, I fail. Well, I'm gonna try instead. Like mm -hmm. people are like. No, 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 no. I meant I meant social interactions. Like, say I failed my social interaction. Remember the um, difficult rating adjust. So you're th so that's you're thinking of wilderness travel, which which is which is it, it is in the rules. Yeah. Uh, it's a game yeah. master rule. We've had those in this, haven't we? We have, yeah. Okay. We have people fail, and it affected everybody else's tasks. Okay. If you fail, I think it's if you fail as a. Um, I think it's if you crit fail as a uh, guide. Guide, that's right. Yeah, if crit fails as a guide, it affects everybody else's skill tests. They get yep. worse. So, so just everyone listening, just remember, the rules say this, but remember our game's just a yeah. slight <laughs> bit worse for us. <laughs> I think the point we're trying to drive to is that is that I think when we look like at Zweihander slightly harder. Yeah, right. we like hard mode. Hard mode. It's hard mode. Uh, when we look at Zweihander and really any RPG, you know, you know, the game is there for you to kind of craft and make your own around the game sure. table. Like, because people get questions in Discord, like, well, why do you guys do it this way? Or why do you do it that way? It's like, well. We've been playing for a long time. We're testing things out. And this is how we like to play at our game table. Well, it's not in the book. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Right. It's it's okay. it's it's okay every, if you every don't game use house rule in their own way. If yeah. you don't use Grim and Parallel's method to create characters, that's one hundred percent okay. We no, approve of you being able to do that. No, we, we, <laughs> we just we, around here we just enjoy like misery. In, so like the second page it says that too. Uh, no, it's no, not. No, it's not anymore. No. Oh, it's not anymore. It, okay. But you can show your GM this video. Yeah, yeah. Sure. No, you can't. No, you, you, you have the approval of the creators as my hander. I make the mechanics Mondays. I make the rules. <laughs> so let's. That should just be one of your mechanics. Look, it's, it's like three lines. It's like you can do what you want. Mechanics Monday over. So we're gonna we're gonna play. We're gonna play some Zweihander. We're gonna play some Queen of Embers, and should always a great place to start any game session. If you and everybody's been watching this for sixty. 61 game sessions. Uh, 
If you've been watching this long, you will know at the beginning of every game session, from the point where we had a fixed camera over there with really crappy stuff, and now we have this really awesome setup, you'll know at the very beginning of every game session, we always do what happened last week, or a few weeks yeah, ago on Queen of Embers. So, what happened last week on Queen of Embers? Well, we, uh, the biggest part that I remember is we tried to make a deal with a very righteous person. Uh, righteous so let's, righteous. let's, let's talk about that. So let's, yeah. well, that's a good start. So <laughs> clearly you have some things you're doing uh, in Stowe, but the real thrust of last session was about getting to talk to, who was his name? Frederick. Uh, Commander Graf? No, 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 no. Graf that was is, the one before, wasn't it? No, we're, we've came, we've came to, to speak to one person from the oh, fire. Oh, you're talking about the uh, Port Authority guy. No, no we talked to the Port Authority yeah, guy. Yeah, we talked to Renault. No, the, the guy's name is the fire. fire. The, the uh, alchemist. Emil Frosch. Emil Frosch. That's who we... That's yes. truly why we're here. That's right. We're not here to save these people. Nope. Well, hold on. Now, that is... Banneker's approach, but that may not necessarily be everybody else's. Yeah. So let's let's no, not no, 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 let's no. talk about let's talk about how. So it is the next day in Stowe. You've been recouping on the ship, and you come me. to yeah. You had come to it's because you'd learned from the delegate at that point from the delegate Don daughter that that Graf Redrick and the Crimson Martyrs had captured Pictish Woodwalkers. So what happens? Uh, we then go to see the Crimson Martyrs. What happens, like, leading up to that? What's what's going on in the camp? What do you see? Who was there? We we started on the boat, uh, recapping for Banneker, who was not with us. Because there's hungover, yeah. Yeah, when we went to go speak with Don Daughter. 24 flu. Yeah, he had, he had a bug, which we're learning is contagious in this environment. Um, and we... we kind of recapped, caught him back up on, on what we had uncovered, what we'd found out, uh, the situation with, with the uh, uh, La Porte Rouge. Um, the Pictish. It, the Pictish, meeting them in the woods, getting taken there blindfolded. And we, we catch him up with that, tell him that basically the only way we're going to get to Emile Franche is we have to retrieve these three, uh, what, you said they were, wood, Pictish. Woodwalkers. Woodwalkers, thank you. Oh, yeah. Woodwalkers. Um that Don Daughter wants these three woodwalkers back that have been taken by uh, Graf Redrick. And so that's we have three days to accomplish that um, from the night before, so now we're down to two days. Um, and we have two days left at this point to somehow convince Graf Redrick to give us these three woodwalkers and then meet back up with them on the outskirts of the farm. We have this big, long discussion of... You know, like, how are we going to do this? What are we, you know, are we just going to be able to walk in there? Uh, what's our overall plan? And we just decided we're just going to go in there and try and talk to them. So we head to the camp, the, uh, the Crimson. We basically just hail camp, walk right in. Warren decides to walk away a bit. Um, and we just decided to walk right up and speak with Graf Frederick, who's a, a huge, towering man. Um, many scars all over his body um, and he knows us already, well he knows you lot because you all have a bad reputation, you're the bad kids on the block they don't give a damn about a bad reputation we have, uh, we have actually 
We have warrants out for us. Or, we have bounties uh, oh, out. Yeah, not bounties. bounties. Not warrants. As set by the... <clears throat> Salt Peterman. Salt Peterman. Fuck right. those guys. We kind of came to this somewhat of this conclusion when uh, Graf was like, where's Warren? You guys all thought that was kind of weird. because like, mm-hmm. Warren's kind of a nobody. Either that or we nobody. thought they were spying on us, which yeah. was... Probably he's doing that also. Yeah. Yeah. But, but basically, there was some discussion back and forth, and... Um, he tried to call me out on being a Kingsman, and I said, well, fine. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll two can play at that game. Tit for tat here. You you need to be a Kingsman, too. And our, you know, we're under the same justification that you have, and give us the men so we can move forward. And then there was a little more wheeling and dealing, and mm-hmm. there was some puffy chest between the boss man and uh, him, and that was... And, we, and I think somebody made a plea, and finally we got all three of them. Mm-hmm. Yes, but in, in Darren's eyes, that was a much better conversation. Uh, excuse than me, Truman to I. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Died, oh, was, that was a discussion too. Yeah, yeah, was a big yeah. discussion it was, on that one. That's it was, why it's brought up. It was uh, um, a much better conversation than, say, with the uh, um, colleague of uh, um, oh, the the lady who um, who sent us to go after her brother. What do you learn about the, the oh. crim- What do you learn about the Crimson Martyrs? Like they're, they're warmongers. They're fanatics. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, and they, there's a lot of them. Bastardized they, version of the martyr. They want any reason they can to um, cleanse the land of the pigs. Well, they um, feel it's their duty yes. sent by the king. So basically, <laughs> if if they don't succeed here, then more will come, most likely. Who are they looking for? Like among them, the red hair woman. Yep, Bloodleaf. He ca- he keeps calling them elves. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that is that a standard thing that. And, you know, this is above board. I'm waving my fingers for those who are watching the video. Maybe, but, maybe not. I, I just never heard I think that. It's kind of, I think it's kind of better for us, for everybody on the game table and for viewers to wonder it's that. Kind of, kind of joking more than anything? Okay. Maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's like, you know, people who are wizards. <laughs> yeah. oh. Harper's technically a wizard. He's got a wand. Yeah. Stop demystifying my mythology. To, no, no, okay. no, uh, no, no. I mean, it was just a... That's that, why I said above board. No, no. Right? In so. fact, it's it's... I mean... I mean, the pit, remember, I mean, it's a woodland thing. So, too. well, well, let's 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 take it from a different perspective. Like, so Tim, you've obviously played for a long time. Like, what has been like when you think of the pits? Like, what do they? What do people talk about when they think of the pits? Well, yeah, the demon in the woods. You know, it is. It's the boogeyman in the woods, right? That's what it's always kind of. Besides certain campaigns we played in, but most likely it's always been yeah, it's the boogeyman in the woods. You know, it's the person in your closet. It's the yeah. so it makes sense now. So, so he's just mystifying them by calling them elves. Yeah. Oh yeah, like it was very strange to actually be able to like engage with the picks in this campaign. I was like, we're gonna get to do it. <laughs> yeah, because pretty much all we've done is fight them. Because they, yeah, that's right. So they, they have this. Unfortunately, you weren't here for that, Tim. But they have the conversation with yeah. Don Don, and they're with the pictish. Yeah. And learn a little bit kind of about what's happening, like that why they splintered. We don't need to go back through that because we've obviously covered that in previous episodes. So you have this conversation. He agrees to three people because remember, you're going to meet Ohachi in two days now. Yep. Uh, back at the Mueller farm. Yep. Uh, where you had had uh, tamed the elder Barabellian orc. And that the uh, the strange the strange wife uh, the struggle the one of the strange wives and the Pictish woodwalkers and Ohachi and others, so it's now down almost to the wire. The next day has did anything else happen that we did we talked kind to of, yeah um, she was bringing up that point so if you want to go ahead and take a K yeah. and we talked to the river warden that was the next day. Rinaldi Gray, what happens the next day? 
No, what, what we found at the end of the day was we found that bounty that said it was 50 crowns per head by Julian Coventry, who is the poison tester for the Baroness. So kind of just a sycophant in her court, but he works with the saltpeter method. That's so, important. And it was for Rosalia's death that they were blaming us for the bounty. The murder. Yeah. Um, so then, yeah, it was decided, well, Elisa was the main pusher on it and said we need to warn the town. Because they are most likely going to get destroyed in this whole fiasco. And so uh, the next day we set off and went and spoke to Renault and told him, get your people out, but quietly, so that they don't try to, you know, take any action immediately or anything. Uh, but get them gathered up, and we're going to take them on our ships and kind of get them away in case they do start this fire they keep saying they're going to do. Because we're pretty sure he's going to start the fire. Because remember, it doesn't matter. Well, the yeah. command, the commander, he told, he he was talking to Eugene, and Eugene was, you know, it's like, here's, you know, this is wrong. You shouldn't do this. And then, of course, at this point, the commander, you know, can obviously like he's an you know, agent of whatever. Um, he talks about his story when he was squiring in Gothamore and how they drove the Gothric out of the church and he just burned the church and kill them all. So he says he'll finish the forest off at this point, and that's, right. that's going to kill everybody in the town, most likely, because right. uh, I, I don't think they have fire restrictions in this particular time period. <laughs> <laughs> well, a fight. A, what, you, not, what, is your, what is your protocol for fire? <laughs> well, not, Run! Not, not only that, I mean, think about it. If you got them lining up for battle and the picks lining up for battle and the town's awesome. the battleground... <laughs> well, it'll probably happen outside of the town, but well, the same, it will spread. Right. Is what Elisa's thought is, and all of these people will die. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not fighters. They're, just, they're frontier. They're settlers. And I didn't mind helping the, the people of the town. I was just like, we are getting mired in... in, 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 in yeah, in the stuff that doesn't even... It, it's got nothing to do with us. Well, and We does, truly have a job. It does have somewhat, something to do with Warren's character because he feels a responsibility to... And protect his, his, to, his oh, be fair. Oh, but I already helped them. To be fair. So that was to be fair. That was fair. I helped. I helped with your your people. So okay. to be fair, there are four important pieces of information that you're gathering. The Romanians I didn't care about. So to be once again to clarify, there are four important pieces of evidence you've been following up on, which brought you here to Stowe. Find email email fraud. Sure, you've been drawn into the local politics, but. You can't get the answers you need unless you do something about this. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. it was the give to give to give to give. The, right. the cycle that we were, were used to doing. You a couple of these? Yeah, please. The great. Which is why we decided to liberate and protect <laughs> the stash of uh, yeah, you goods. Li you, li you liberated a lot of medical goods. I guess. <laughs> we did. For the good, uh, of, for the good of the town. Yeah. Protective everyone. measures. It's fine. <laughs> But while we're doing that, this place I really need to ask how much laudanum is there. Well, good thing we took everything out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to look up how much laudanum costs. <laughs> You'll thank me later, Emil Rush. <laughs> how much laudanum costs? Uh, two gold. Two gold. I believe. I believe it's four. It's four. four. Well, it's four here because... It, no, oh. I had a discount before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's four. <clears throat> so. hey -o. <laughs> It is the following day. At this point, the people in Stowe are slowly and actively gathering themselves together. This is the point where Sheriff Renault the Gray and his river wardens are helping get people out of their houses. They're starting to filter down toward the docks. 
you can already see that um, sorry, one second here. you can already see that um, that the Madeline is, is the gang planks are bowing for people walking inside. People are nervous, very nervous in fact, uncertain of what's going to happen, unsure of their own safety, not really knowing who you are or this ship. And you realize when you look at the number of people who are gathering here in Stowe that they're not all going to fit on the battle line. They're going to have to load up on the last wish. They're going to load up on Jonas Sparrow's boat, too. Yeah, I think we, I think we already made that. Mm -hmm. We already talked, talked that over. So it's pretty clear, just from what you're seeing, that um, despite what is the, the efforts the sheriff is making, people are still clearly spooked. Um, not far from here, just outside of the clapboard road that runs alongside the west, uh, where you're on the western side of the river, <clears throat> you can see this huge, huge winding hill that heads toward a burnt and scorched wood, um, and it's dusted with snow, about a quarter of an inch. In between all the burnt up tree stumps um, that look like little twisted toothpicks jutting toward the gray and white sky, winter sky. All on the top of the hill, you can see this huge, huge windmill. It's not moving. Um, and if you look long enough, you can't really see the Pictish woodwalkers that were tied to it either. Um, but you can see the campfires. You can see the encampment of the Crimson Martyrs. You can see them, their horse and whatnot are out there. The Grawlsters are gathering along the docks. I thought they were already in the boat. Yeah. Oh, okay. The numbers are still gathering. They'll be stepping onto the boat with the townsfolk, <laughs> the local Aerodane, who uh, don't look kindly upon no free loan Grawlsteaders, <laughs> but Aileen Woodward, the woman, the leader of these refugees, are herding them on to the boat. And no one knows what's going to happen. Because remember, the boat is going to leave Stowe, leave port, and go across the river. They're going to go the other side, hope nothing happens. So, this is going to take a few hours. It's, going to, it, it's probably going to be um, maybe 12 o'clock in the afternoon by the time they manage to filter everybody out of this town. Nearly uh, 300 souls. Hmm. There's a lot of people here in Stowe including the Grawlsteaders, and the Madeline is buzzing with activity, and there's so many people, they can't even fit them on the ship. So they are starting to get rowboats, and whatever else they can, people have packed some of their belongings, not sure what's going to happen. Um, and it's not chaos by any means, but it's not quiet either. And you would guess that um, <clears throat> Commander Graf Redrick and the Crimson Martyrs clearly can see this. I mean, you can't just yeah. you leave can't just a town of 300 quietly uh, because you can't keep them all calm. They're like, what do we take? They're bringing their families. They're bringing their young child. Remember, they, they've only been here for three years. So they're taking all their belongings. And their they babies can. and stuff. Yep. And the sheriff and his and, and, and his uh, Mary River Wardens are doing their best to kind of crowd control and keep things uh, from breaking out the chaos. Fortunately, 
your your conversation with him the night before, the gravity of the situation, he's able to. They clearly he clearly has their respect, and they respect him. He respects them, and he does his best to get them all aboard. So by the time it's midday, the town is quiet, almost dead quiet. In fact, <clears throat> when are we to receive? Woodwalkers from the Crimson Modders? No. I mean, he said midday. And then when are we supposed to meet up with Ohachi? How many days we have? Sunset. Today. Sunset today? Yes. yes. We have no more time, boss. This is it. We're not given much time to get this ready. Remember, no. your plan is to talk to. I can't remember the, 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 the good. I wasn't here that night. Don Daughter. Your plan was to speak with Don Daughter and warn her of the situation and then see what she wants to do. Hey, that's no, your plan. That's, that's, that's still my plan. You still have time. That is the plan then. Yeah, to, to reiterate, your what you what you were what you were, what you were planning to do was to meet Ohachi at sundown at the um, Muller at the Muller farm, farm, which means you will eventually have to go up and get the prisoners, uh, the Prickish prisoners, from uh, the encampment. But for now, you've got a little bit of time. There's Would one you? There's one thing I need to do. Well? You have a writing kit, do you not? I do. I, re- I would like to know if I could borrow your writing kit for a moment. Or me writing with it, or just my kit? I do know me letters, um, despite my appearance. It's not what I was saying, but... Oh, what were you saying? Well, depending on who you're happening to write to, it's possible that there might be words that could be used that someone else couldn't read. That's all I'm saying. Steed Hill and such. I... That's why I asked. I understand. So... I, I, uh... Pulls out parchment and quill... Uh, it'll take me a moment and I'm going to uh, sequester myself for just a, a bit. I'm to write a letter. You find that there is no solitude or a quiet place to be had on the Madeline or the Last Wish, so you simply retire to the uh, the quarters of the River Warden. What are you going to write? Uh, I'm just going to write a letter to Steve Hill. Okay. Letter's written. Okay. What do you do with that letter? Um, then I, I go back to uh, one of the people that would stay behind here on the boat. River Warden? Uh, no, no, one of our people. Like oh, like Sammy. 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 Bander or Sammy? Sammy, yeah. Okay. Um, <coughs> Edward Booker. You just want to ensure that the letter reaches Steve Hill, that's it? Well... I go up to him and I say, soon we're going to be um, leaving. And should we not return, and you have the crimson um, (coughs) martyrs approaching the ship, I want you to leave without us. If they look like they intend any sort of violence towards this ship, I don't think it'll happen. But just in case it does, I want you to take this letter and make sure it gets to Steed's Hill. 
All right, we'll, we'll take off. It's just, we see him coming, and I'll get that letter to your folks. And I, I do this in front of them. Yeah. All right, then. Is he always this positive? Oh, yeah, yeah the boss, he's, he's, a, he's a very positive person. It's called a contingency. Sammy says. He usually doesn't have this much foresight. Ray of optimism. Would you say he has half of the He doesn't have depth perceptions. Yeah. Right. That's why I've been. All right, well, I'm going to get back to it. You'll let me know if you need anything. All right. Thanks, Sammy. A situation might blindside us. Uh, Only from one angle. Should we get these people now and feed them and... I, I clothe them and yeah, make sure that they actually we can we can get them there alive. That's that's a wonderful idea, Captain. I'm gonna go to I, the medical supplies. Captain, what's the law number? Sure. Are we still on the ship? Yeah. Right, we're on the ship, so you're the captain. Ah. Uh, Make it happen, Captain. I'm glad you thought of the captain. Um, we these these people, they they deserve. Good food in their belly. Well, if we got the time, I reckon I can rustle up some grub. You no failed at your roll, didn't you? No, it was done. And what foodstuffs are you using? Whatever's available. I, I don't know. I you don't have anything. anything. I don't have anything okay. on my sheet, so. So that would mean you need to go and you need to take food from the greengrocer okay. in town. Right. Is that what you intend to do? Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with him in the attempt to make sure the food doesn't try and kill us this time. The who? The food doesn't try and kill us this time. Well, I don't really know what that means, and I don't think that you really know what that means either, because that's a meta mechanic. He no. just had bad food. Yeah, yeah right. So I'm gonna like yeah. try and double inspect it to make sure <laughs> okay. we don't get food poisoning. Well, this time. Uh, so part of the challenge was that the food you were using was literally provisions. Mm-hmm. Right. So the chances were more difficult. The better, better the food, the better chances he has of succeeding. Better so, greens, better pizza. Are you intending to rob the greengrocer to ensure that you have a good meal tonight? Yeah. Okay. It's going to be too corruption. All right. <laughs> well, I guess I just signed up. I wasn't meaning to feed people. <laughs> yeah. I was meaning to feed the people in the uh, windmill, but you guys are. No, I yeah, was, help, I was helping feed us. Yeah. So we're oh, in good I... condition for the fight. Well, Eugene's gone. That may happen. I want to teach the people, the shanty, what do you do with a drunken sailor? Oh, I, I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> they all hate this. Yeah, the, the, the people are are clearly very, very nervous. Some people are kind of take, you know, we're trying to trying to find the, trying to take a positive attitude toward things. They're yeah. clearly concerned. You can certainly find some some people who will, will sing with you, sure. Yeah, I just, just, just to kind of mess around a bit, just sure. to keep and annoy the players because I know some of the people around here really love that song. Yeah. Now, if you die, yeah, I'm gonna make sure Matthew swims. Yeah. In the bottom of the lake. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there anything else that you need to do before you go to get the prisoners and head to the farm? No, uh, we were on the same level though. I, I knew you were talking about the prisoners. What's well, okay? I'm I'm good with him feeding everybody on the yeah. boats. Yeah. Yeah. Calm them down. I'll, I'll bring enough um, food for everyone. So. What do you mean, everyone? Uh, what does that mean? Um. Everyone around, all the player characters and everyone else in the town. That's like 300 people. Though. You can't feed that many people. You can't feed it. Okay. No. You can feed a number of people that go to your fellowship bonus. Okay. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. I'll do that then. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good stew. So 
to prepare this in the amount of time that you have before sundown, to prepare a meal this quickly, to rob the greengrocer, <laughs> come back, set up, it's going to be a challenging test. Okay. Mm-hmm. Better than I thought. So let's, yeah. see, let's see how it turns out. Whatever survival. It is. Let's see which one is better. Uh, it's going to be survival. Challenging will be 49% chance to succeed. Um, I'll re-roll it. Okay, I'll take that misfortune point. Now there's six, sorry, five, six misfortune, six fortunes, one success. Nice. So, so how many people are going to eat and go up? up Eugene? Four. Holy. Okay. I'll, uh, I'll let, is going to hold her. Yeah, I'm going to say that should, that should go towards the, the people that we're bringing back. They haven't had anything. Yeah. Okay. So, wait. This day, coincidentally, Eugene, there is a terrible lancing pain in your leg. You can feel it from your ankle bone all the way up to the back of your spine. Your eyes are going a bit blurry from the pain. You can feel the sting of the grievous injury. Oh, boy. Uh, is this? Uh, I'm feeling this through my tincture, right? Oh, you want to take tincture today? Oh, no, I've been taking tincture. <laughs> I'm going to okay. take corruption. Okay. All right. You already marked it down. Okay. Great. Oh yeah. I'm well aware. Yeah. He, 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 one might say that he might be still recovering from a serious injury at the other game. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. do you? Are you still injured? Do you need more treatment? There's nothing that you can do at this point. Yeah. Unless he decides to just. I so mean, I mean, like damage condition. Damage. No, oh yeah. Not, not injury. Damage condition. Yeah. I'm still banged up. Okay. So I'll go ahead and make the roll for that. Too. Okay. Oh. So you're gonna do this in the middle of cooking. With all these people on the boat. All right, I, I'll pass that. We'll see I'll you in a later time. Yeah, we'll do, we'll do it later. Are you sure? Because yeah, we can sure. do that. I'm we sure. can make some dice rolls. I'm sure. You can have a nice, quiet place. Somebody else can attend to the stew. Um, so is there anything else that you wish to do before you go to get the prisoners? Last call. I mean, I can, I mean, I can, st- I can stir. <laughs> I don't want to eat anything anymore. Just give me the spoon. <laughs> I got it. You don't trust my cooking? I don't trust his cooking. <laughs> He's the stir chef. Hands off my pot. <laughs> what do you do? I'm the stir chef. I just stir. I just stir. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't do anything else. That's, that's a real cook. job. I'm like a scullion. What's your job? Clean dishes and stir. <laughs> Make sure it doesn't burn. Captain's don't scullery made. Um, so, uh... Night is going to come, uh, or almost night, I should say, when you begin to make your way toward uh, Grav Redrick's camp. And the sun isn't quite set yet, but as you come into the camp, you can. there's lots of smoke coming off of the fires. Okay. You're heading through kind of rows of heavy tents along the side of this very long, sweeping hill. looks kind of like this. I see a bunch of fingerprints. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there, there's just rows and rows of tents and burning fires, and the entire encampment is dominated by this windmill. And fortunately, as they said, they did in fact pull the Pictish woodwalkers off of the wood the windmill. And as you're approaching, you can see uh, the the tall, soaring form. Of uh, of crap rhetoric. Good day to you. This evening, he says harshly. 
it is. We have the picks. Filter them forward, Clyde. You see these thin, waifish-looking people, and they're maybe same height as you, no different than really what you would look either. They're dirty. You can see that the the uh, the paint that they were wearing upon them is washed away. They smell of piss and shit. Um, one of them, his hand is bandaged from um, from frostbite. The other one has lost. This woman has lost her nose. Her hair is a ratted mess. These people look absolutely pitiful. They look like they've been tortured for days, strung against this against this windmill. And Graf, with his arms folded over his great beaten uh, iron cauldron-like uh, breastplate. He has the gray blade, the great Zweihander of his father, strung to his back. And he's looking down his nose at these three pitiful wretches. Well, I appreciate you letting us take hold so that we can continue our investigation. He turns toward you. Turn these three over to you. I trust that you will do the right thing when the time comes. We are king's men and we shall do the king's work. Indeed you shall. First our investigation. Aye. That's truly what we are here for. He nods. That was our agreement, was it not? smiles. It was. You can hear the iron grating against itself as the pauldrons kind of slink back as he almost seems to laugh underneath of his armor. Well, if we can't get to a meal, we can't do the king's work. With these three wretches, perhaps you'll be able to uh, do your business and we can do ours. I, I look them over they're bound together by rope. There's one woman and two men. That's, that's impressive. As I, right. as I I point to the, you know the, the damage on all of them. Can I step back and see if Warren can? We look them over. We need to make sure we get them there alive. They're tied together with. They're bound at the wrists with rope, and they're tied together at the waist to one another so they can't run away. It is truly pitiful to see the condition that these people are in. You would have never thought that a... I mean, in your mind, like the Pictish, they've always been kind of these figures of, like, the boogeyman in the woods. And to see them brought so low just makes them seem... Human. Human, yeah. They aren't the monsters that you were told when you were younger. But we shall take all three, and I'm gonna gamely approach, uh, and I'm gonna... Be careful there, he says, as he readies to catch you as you're limping up on your leg. Oh, oh, I've got it. I'm gonna just make it easier for us to handle them. And I'm gonna loose the bonds around them. These, he, he puts his, he grabs your wrist immediately as you begin to do this. These ones are redness. You want to keep let's, them bound. Let's, let's not do that. You can feel the pressure of his mailed glove, like his whole hand just wraps around your forearm. Like fingertip to fingertip. These ones are runners. You won't want to do that. I, I'm gonna like take a look over them, see if they're in any condition to run at all. 
Or is it very obvious that... Are you praying medicine? They are all grievously wounded and suffering from frostbite, whether it be their fingertips or their nose or their ears or their toes. Um, They are not dressed warmly, but they are dressed. Um, They they look in just very, very poor condition, but they are all grievously wounded. All Um, three. They look malnourished. The first one, uh, I'll pull a ration pack out of my bag and... As you do that, one of the squires immediately slaps your hand as the food hits the ground. Don't feed no fucking pics in my camp. I know you. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Graf turns around and to to one of the the attendants is like, "My recommendation is to bring these people away from the camp before you start treating them kindly." That was all our plan. Yes, I know it's. I know you're you're new to this operation. Won't make it that far. Why don't you let those that are in charge do what they're supposed to do? All right. I'll step back. Uh, I'll nod at uh, Graf, and then um, come on, let's take them. We've got a long journey ahead of us. Your camp, your rules. You walk away, and you can't help but you hear these kind of this hissing and jeering. Uh, of the encampment, these soldiers, men and women who have fought picks for seasons, spitting and tossing stones and hurling insults at the picks as you're taking them out of the camp, and their kind of shoulders are slumped over and their heads are drawn low, and they're you kind of feel almost you kind of feel the the the, the, the kind of like the the, the, the the almost embarrassed to some degree as you leave these tra- traitors out of the camp. You get away from all of his, you get away from his camp at this point, um, and you leave the tents and whatnot behind. The sun is not yet set, but you're at least somewhere between here and Stowe at this point. Are you a a military man? No. Okay. From now on, when we're in military camp, you let me do the leading, and and the next time we're in an academic place. A library. A library. Yes. We'll let you do the leading, eh? Oh, all right. That's fair. Now, I don't know if you understand it, but you just reduced our chances of success. Sorry, but I couldn't just watch them sit there pitifully. I understand. It's very emotional. I can get rather emotional myself. Now that we're away from them. Yes. That's why we saved the food. If we die, they die. We piss off an entire camp of people. I, I understand, we I don't. understand. All right. All right, you said you understand, so we don't need to be talking about it no more. And uh, so I'll look him over, and, I, and like, I don't, I'm not trained in heel, but mm-hmm. whichever one looks like oh. they have the hardest time standing. Well, they all look there, so they are all above board. They're all grievously wounded, mm-hmm. and they're all suffering from starvation, and they're all suffering from frostbite. So a myriad of conditions that have brought them low. Yeah. Nobody looks worse off than they all look just absolutely okay. pitiful. Well, then I will do what a forester um, does. And I Set will... them on fire? No. no. <laughs> Build them a fire. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 keep them warm it's, for the rest of their life. Yes, yes, for the rest of their life. No, there's, there's, there's definitely fire. There's, there's a, um, a, like, love of children, and then there's chivalry. And so I will go up to the, the woman, mm-hmm. and I will make a motion like, do you need to be carried light? She kind of looks toward you, and you. she has her hands bound, but she begin, She opens her eyes really wide. 
like really white. You see the whites of her eyes, like in the in the dying light of the, of the day. And she begins moving her fingers around and gesticulating. I will slowly move forward and attempt to carry that person. She kind of puts her hands okay, out. Okay, then I stop. Could I somewhat well, try and communicate well, it, uh, with them using secret, secret signs? signs? Why don't yeah, we just feed them? That was my next intent. Pretty easy situation. We left food over for this reason. Feed them and let's move. I did plan on feeding I mean, them. I mean, I, I, I get well, that everybody right wants here. to save them, but if we don't get them back to their people, they're going to die. I understand. Let's just so, so this is this is taking too much. I understand. Let's just move. Uh, so I look about in our environments and like, are we still pretty close to the? Sure, you've got the food. Why not? Yeah. Uh, We're close enough to get it at least. All right. the stew pot. Yeah. So all right, I suppose this is a well enough place. The woman will kind of raise her hands once again, and she will. Elisa's just going to step forward and she cuts the brawn okay. before yeah. anybody else can do she, anything. Grabs her, grapples her hand with the three surviving fingers and thumb that she has. The other one is dropped off. It's just this purple mess on the end of her stump where pinky once was. She grabs her hands and she she gives you a nod. And she begins. She goes over to the others and loosens their bonds. Yeah, and they begin, to, they begin to, to eat very greedily as if they hadn't eaten in days. Elisa hums the melody that she heard from the lady mm-hmm. uh, towards the pig. Mm-hmm. Like, she doesn't try to make the words or whatever, but she kind of right. hums it at them. Okay. The the woman kind of stops in the middle of her food, and she kind of, she's eating with her hand, she kind of puts the bowl down, and she will return the same sound. I'm gonna look at the three of them and gesture like, us together, <laughs> and I'm gonna point off towards Old Miller's farm and say, Oh, Hachi. I'm gonna do it again. Uh, Don't talk. She points toward her to herself and says, Elki, Hakan, Okuta. And she motions to the others too, introducing herself as Elki. The one to her side is Hakan, and the other one is Okuta. Very strange sounding names. They don't roll off the tongue. The One of the men, he stops and he looks at her. And his eyes like open wide, and he begins to gesticulate with his hands, making hand signs, motions still, but they're with their hands. And then she puts her hand out to you and begins to, they begin communicating with one another with their hands, not saying a single word, not moving their lips. Their eyes are as wide as tea saucers as they're doing this, so they can see every subtle movement of the face and the body and the fingers as they're speaking in this strange tongue that, is, that has no words. Ohachi. She says, Hakantite. Uh, Related, uh, I assume. Hakantite. She puts her hands together, like locking them like this. Oh. Maybe more than related. No, Taryn looks absolutely bewildered. He's. You both have secret signs, don't you? Oh, yeah. So you both make. So you both may make a. That's what I'm like. You both may make a. A routine <laughs> scrutinized test. I reckon it's a, it's she's his mate. Sixty-two. Can you tell them less talky, more walky? <laughs> I think that's what we need. You, to you, do. I failed. But they haven't. In, they haven't invented I'm gonna roll again. Talk. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'm gonna roll again. Okay. So now two misfortune and. Five fortune I never get to use misfortune. I'm damage. just saying. 
Uh, no player gets to use misfortune. Twenty. We'll get it. Well, I never get to use. So, uh, as she's kind of doing this, you can at least understand simple terms. Um, as she kind of does this, like the thing that reminds you immediately is like the ceremony of hand fasting to marry someone. Hakan Tite Ohachi, she says. Oh. Hakan and Hota, H- Ohachi are together. Um, That's just like I said. Which one is that? Well, guess what? Uh, Sunset. How about this? Sunset, die, go. <laughs> so Elisa's going to try to kind of sign that we need to hurry or we need to go. Run quick. Try to. Sun. <laughs> so he's wildly gesticulating, and then and then she intersperses oh, yeah, herself between like, the two of you, and, and she she said she kind of makes a simple motion, sweeping up toward the hill and expands her hand toward where the sun is, and Elki kind of nods. She like she under she understands. She's under, she's not now. Keep this in Don't mind. You won't be able to speak. No. You won't be able to speak this language fluently. However, because you succeeded. Uh, you may write down a new language called Still Tongue. Nice. And you have a you have a basic understanding of it. So after it put in brackets, basic. Still Tongue, you said? Still Tongue, yes. Okay. I'm trying to remember where that is. I was going to hear. <laughs> I just remember something else from last episode. Oh, yeah, someone got sick. Yeah. A few people got sick. Yep. Someone got sick from bad bad food. Someone got sick from other things. The, the babies. Yeah. Yep. But only she knows that. Other things she should have swallowed. Oh. Bad. Bad. Bad take. That was bad. Uh, I didn't even hear it. So. Bad. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to. It's fine. Um, bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, modern audience here, man, man, modern audience. <laughs> so the you, you she motions toward the hillside. Where her hand is kind of placed against the sun, you can see the sun is setting the way you would be going. And as you begin moving up the hill, like these people are limping, um, they're hurt. All of them are hurt. They're certainly not starving any longer, which is good. Um, but um, they're clearly still suffering from frostbite. They're still grievously wounded, and you're beginning to head toward the Muller farm. And you're heading we, toward. Nope. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Elisa can't really help, so she's going to try to look around and see if it appears anyone is following. Well, you look back down toward the hill where you can see the kind of light winter mist. Uh, Nobody seems to be following at this point. Um, But you are heading directly toward where the sun is setting. So as you're heading up the side of this this hill, um, it's, it's pretty dire. Um, you, you realize, one, it's kind of hard to see because you're like this. Um, and two, the, the trees are gone. Like, the whole earth is just scorched to the ground. The trees are, are nothing but gnarled stumps. The undergrowth is gone. A few rotting carcasses can be found amid the snow. Um, it's, just, it's just bad. Um, it's bad overall. And um, you kind of get this, as they're kind of walking between the, the, the hills and stuff, it just kind of evokes this really kind of bad feeling in your stomach, like something's not quite right. Um, and as you get close to the Muller Farm, which is not far from here, obviously, in between a series of hills where a few trees are still standing, um, you can see the rows of um, where the fencing was, as well as the sheep that were herded, but they're gone now. 
the Mueller house has been abandoned, obviously, uh, because they're the they're the locals who are going to get on. Well, you saw them get on the ship. In fact, him and his wife. Um, and not far from here, you can see uh, bearing torches uh, are a group of Pictish people. Um, among them is this man with a very flat face, uh, who's clearly Ohachi, where you'd seen before. Uh, and as he approaches, he kind of his eyes kind of turn sad as he rushes up and he he grabs a hold of Hakan and him and Hakan like put their heads touch heads together and they begin he begins to speak very slowly and, and empathetically to Hakan using his hands and his gesticulation of his body. Hakan is is his tears are welling up in his eyes at this point. He's not said anything. He's clearly been psychologically damaged through, through this, this trauma that he's suffered in the hands of the Crimson Martyrs. I'm glad you came back, Ohachi says, in almost perfect Aldish. Hi. We, uh, we have news for you. We were able to secure these people. We are thankful for that. The, de the delegate will... This will bode well the delegate... Well, before you before you start giving thanks, you have to know what we did in order to in order to secure them. He he pauses and he says, uh, "Go on." Yes, you notice when Ohachi speaks, he still seems to move his hands, <laughs> like he's like he's like he's almost he's, he's signing as he speaks. Everyone Italian. can understand. He's translating. Police is using it to try to learn more. <laughs> I, I I basically put it in the in the manner of like, look, um, you know, we had to bring these people back. We wanted to do the right thing, um, and then I will also let them know about what was talked about and what uh, Graf's intentions are. So he, in the middle of this, he kind of pulls his hand out and says. soldiers they're here with you I don't know if anyone's following us or not I don't know Elki he turns to her and he speaks the words and she doesn't really do anything at first till she she doesn't even recognize her name until she turns about as she hears a sound and then he starts gesticulating to her and she gesticulates back Elki tells me that there are many of these red Soldiers in the camp. Many. Hundreds. And I have told them that in order for us to do what we need to do, we need to speak to Emil. And we know that Emil is with. He. That is not up to me. That is up to the delegate. Well, my kith will have to determine that. I and I would like to be able to speak with the delegate, but it's and. and you're free to blindfold us and do what, whatever you need to do, but if you do, just know there's a possibility we're being followed. I wanted you to know that before I let you took us back. He looks toward the sun. He looks toward the others, and he he points and holds his hand like this, and like that, the two Pictish who accompanied him immediately toss their torches into the snow as he hisses. We will wait until the sun goes down. Hachi says. Yeah, and I'm just going to say uh, it's not the way I wanted it to be. 
but this was what I felt was the only only thing that I could do. Boss, tell he was going to burn down the whole forest. Yeah. This this seemed the most sensible path. Bring your people. Tell you, or he burns down the whole forest. Archie. He may still. And he may still do this. Ohashi is kind of shaking his head as he's getting confused with what everything that you're saying, and he. He kind of motions, please, stop, please, slow down. Listen, we're going to wait for the... We will wait for the sun to come down. When the mirror rises, we will go by night. Tonight, tonight the moon is grinning, he says, as he points toward the moon. And you can see the thin crescent along the bottom. Is it is called a... Like the moon is waxing, it's called it's grinning. It looks like a little smile, it frowns at the top. Is grinning, he said. The mirror, mirror is grinning, he says, as he points toward it on the opposite horizon. He says, We will wait until we will wait until the alchemics is there, he says, pointing there. And you can see alchemics is here. Which means, anybody here have navigation? <laughs> is Skinner navigation? Nope. Nope, we Look, lost our navigator. How, how many times we got lost? That's right. <laughs> you know it's gonna you know it's gonna be several hours. I'll use this time to uh, he will treat Mr. Third Thornberry. Before this happens, the uh, the picks who are with him will shrug off their heavy their heavy furs and place them on Elki, Hakan, and Okota. Since we're back at the farm, I kind of want to go take a look at the granary again. It's like we noted the glass, but we didn't really investigate it. Mm-hmm. And I would mention that to the others. Like, so. Uh, I think some of us should before. I mean, we got a little time. We can go take a look at those glasses that were by uh, Granary. He he raises three fingers. This is how long we will wait. He goes, sorry, he goes, this is how long we will wait. He raises four fingers. This is how long. All right. Boss, should we, uh, should you act like we're negotiating? If we are being followed, wouldn't that be the logical? It's a real good idea. He motions you over to her. He motions you over to him. Yeah, Elisa says, moment. Yeah. Go on, sorry. No, no, she walks over to No, she sure. said a, a moment to Terran in the morning. Go ahead, Terran. Uh, Terran is going to continue to act like he's trying to negotiate with them, like visibly. Negotiate um, with who? Uh, Ohachi. The, with Ohachi. Ohachi is kind of, he's holding his hands up and says, slow, slow, we have this time. We wait this time. Look, come here. Uh, come here. And then I'm going to, like, point to, to her and, like, kind of lift my arms up in the air like I don't know what to do. And, <laughs> um, At least I'm not. <laughs> he's, he, give me your hand. She holds out her hand. She, he kind of pulls her hand forward and he points it toward the sky and says, put your thumb and do this. So she does. And he, you, you, he points your pinky toward Alcanics, mm-hmm. the northern star, and he says, one, two, three, four. Oh. This is how long we will wait. Okay. So he kind of motions across the sky. Okay. But he's clearly like indicating like this is the this is how long it'll take for the star to pass. Yeah. So she kind of nods, and then she, in like the hand symbol, tri- or hand signals, tries to uh, say yes, or I understand. I speak your tongue. I'm learning. Ah, he says. Hakan. Hakan. 
Uh, Ohachi and Hakan will 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 speak with another for for, for quite some time uh, as they all work through the pay and talk, leaving Elki, the woman, and Okota uh, to be among the camp. And Okota, in particular, is with the other two Pictish who accompany Ohachi here with the torches, and he is like gesticulating, like, "Give me a spear, give me something," and he is speaking very loudly and very angrily at this point. Um, as he's, you see him wildly just healing with his arms, and he's, he, he, may, he doesn't make sounds with his mouth at all, but he's very, very aggressive and angry. And this is one of the guys we this brought? People you brought back. Okay. Okota, leaving Elgi, the woman, uh, he would first met with just kind of standing there. I, so, we, we, you said you were going to treat Eugene? Okay. I'm going to call Elgi over, so she's standing awkwardly. I'll pull out an extra bandage for you. Perhaps you could do something for her as well. You first. While this is going on, Elise is just going to try to practice sure, a little sure. bit with Elki. Uh, you mean step away for a second. Ohachi? Well, since Ohachi went to Hakan, sure. and while Elki's sitting to the side with him, sure. he's going to try to just okay. kind of sign back with. Yeah, that healing on me. I if I have you. the time, I will take my time. So, he is, what's your current damage condition track? Moderately wounded. Oof. Okay, so that would be normally a standard test, and you're in the field, so that makes it challenging, uh, and you have no light to see by. Could we, uh, since the farm is abandoned, could we go inside the Muller farm for better conditions and to light a lamp? Yeah, sure. do that. Don't light a lamp. Even inside a building with the blinds closed. Don't do it. Candle? Don't light nothing. Can you work by moonlight? Do my best. Won't be the first right. time. You get inside the building, you have less lightning here than you did outside. Let's take it outside. Alright. It's going to be a hard test. Okay. Alright, so hard you. test will be 44. Uh, you are you shivering make, slightly. You should make him sit where he got the injury at. I'm sure that's super sanitary. Hair of the dog and all, yeah? Exactly. Hair of the pig. Gross. 69. Uh-huh. That is a failure. Ooh. Uh, a couple ups. Should I reroll? How many do we have? Five. 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 I'll do one more. Okay. Nope. So three misfortune and four fortune remain. I will. Thanks. Who you want me to look after? Yeah, see what you can do for him. I'm gonna hand you another, another bandage. She uh, perks an eyebrow up, and she kind of nods her head as she will let you work your wonders. I'm guessing it's gonna be more difficult. Screw me, say wound. It's arduous. Okay. Yeah, it's gonna be thirty-four. Nope. She, At least it wasn't critical. She uh, <laughs> kind of pushes you away at this, and she shakes her head in her hand. And she gives you a kind of a, well, we can call it a smile, but a weird look on her face. You're not really sure what to make of it. You can't tell if she's perplexed or upset or happy or what she's trying to convey to you, but you're not really sure at this point. Kind of try the secret signs to try and determine what she's trying to say. Well, she's not gesticulating. She's oh, simply gotcha. it's making a some weird, yeah, some a weird look. So, as you're all outside, 
um, and the sun sets, it is really cold out here. So that means you all need to make a routine toughness test to withstand cold weather. Unless you have the uh, trait that ignore extreme conditions. Do we get any bonus for wilderness clothes? Yeah. Uh, noble Savage. Yeah, so you're fine. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Unless, does that, okay, does Noble Savage overwrite critical failures? You don't have to roll with Noble Savage. Okay, because it just says ignore failures. You don't have to roll. Okay, I'll just make sure. Noble Savage. 69 and 15. Thumbs up, soldier. I wrote the same roll. Anybody fail? Yep. Oh, man. Eugene can't get a break. Eugene, you, you, all your, your teeth are all chattering, but you can feel, maybe it's just because you're still suffering from a grievous injury and you're on laudanum and tincture that you're just, you're just, you're, you're, can't your, your joints feel rigid, your arms are cold, his teeth are constantly chattering. And and you're right. I can catch a break, it's just in my leg. That's right. Uh, as you but gain, uh, as you suffer uh, 12 physical peril. Oh boy. Remember, if you become incapacitated during extreme weather, you suffer frostbite. Not incapacitated. Not yet. So cold out here. Anybody have a wilderness cloak? Okay. Add, be sure to add plus five to your bonus in the future. So some time is going to pass. Um, until the weather is, or until the time is right, and you can feel, you can feel the the, the you feel the bed calling you, but it's it's now so cold out here. It's like it's like almost twelve o'clock at night in the middle of winter. Um, it's dead silent save for the wind, and uh, at this point, uh, this is when Wahachi um, says, "It's time." Alisa holds up her hand to see if she can notice like the difference and everything to try to understand this time. Well, your your fingers are really cold. He simply says it's time. Right, but she's just trying to so that sure. she can understand. Yeah, we'll assume that you're mimicking yeah. what he's doing to try to learn the language. Yeah. Yeah, you need not you need not telegraph that. We'll assume right. that you are. Manic. So cold I feel like I'm dancing. Oh, I'll hand him. I'll, I'll hand him my flask. That'll help. Oh. <laughs> okay. With that, the the six picks, the six picks led by Ohachi, and all of you begin wandering through the scorched wood. There's nothing that you found in the granary, unfortunately. There's yeah. nothing really else that revealed itself. I mean, there's not enough light to see by, right. unfortunately. Now, in daylight, maybe a little bit different. <laughs> but you can feel uh, it's it's very cold out here. And as you walk behind the Pictish, the Pictish people in the dark, with no light save for the moon's light and stars, uh, they kind of look... They almost... It, and maybe it's just you, Banneker. It kind of reminds you of when you were leaving leaving behind Belagain. Like when the city was burning all around you. When you knew that that in the fires and in the destruction, like thousands of people must have perished in Belagain during that time. And they're kind of looking toward the trees and the blasted landscape. And it kind of evokes maybe this, this memory 
but tell, tell us about what happened to Bellagame, like from Bell, from from Banneker's perspective. Like, what what emotion is he feeling? Like, what is he seeing in his mind's eye? I mean, I don't think we ever did. We ever discuss this that he no. This he lost thing his, is you can kind of make this up because he and his mother were still in the city, but his father was gone. I think is what we originally uh-huh. said. Um, yeah, I mean. He watched his city burn, his house burn, and lost his mother all in the same day, and did what he could to survive. And what he did was still rob and. Did he did he spend time in the foothills near Bellagain for a while? Do you think? Yeah, until uh, probably until the uh, the soldiers came, the the White Wolf, uh-huh. and then everybody ran. Yeah, and then he fed off the the weak. Like the wolf he is. Yeah. It's, it's and it cool. feels like the wolves are right behind him. Yeah. It's good. You could have watched, maybe it's just this old emotion. But as you're, you see these picks kind of going through the the same motions that you did when you realized that the Bellingham had been ruined as they're looking toward the forest. And eventually, after an hour or so, you come to this massive still pond that's surrounded by this crown of broken and burnt trees and there's these huge campfires across the way across this very placid lake and you can see that there's flat step stones put all the way across and they begin walking across the lake they just right across you follow behind them kind of padding carefully fortunately the this large lake pond I should say it's a big one uh, there's enough moonlight ref- cast a reflection of the sky upon it so when you're kind of approaching it first it almost looks like the lake meets the, the horizon at night um, and you begin crossing and as you begin walking across the lake you can see the gathering of all these Pictish people men women children uh, and as they kind of move across they, they are embraced by their people as they're brought back in there is a, a woman steps from among them, uh, a very, a very, a, a woman who looks strikingly familiar to all of you. Could you recall seeing her in the courts of the Baroness the day you all had pledged yourselves to her cause? <laughs> this woman who's wearing what looks like uh, the skirts of a uh, of a Pictish woman, um, but she's also wearing almost like the 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 clothing, the the the, the, the dress of. A noblewoman of, of the Aridane. Her hair is even drawn up in the same way in this castanet that seems to be bejeweled that reflects the sky off of it like it twinkles in the light. And this is Delegate Don Daughter. This is, this is the woman that you had seen before and spoke with as well in, uh, here before and saw in the courts. You brought them back, she says. She does not move her hands. Her hands are kept in this kind of woolen muffler. She looks like a an an Aridane woman among Pictish courts. She looks strange even among the Pictish, but she's clearly Pictish. She has that same flat face, the same dark brown eyes, the same chocolate-colored hair, the same tanned reddish skin, shortened stature, broad shoulders. Right, we have. That's that's the good news. But, uh, 
I don't know if Archie has informed you or not, but uh, we we do have some matters to discuss. Um, you should know what we had to do in order to get. She let's step into my tent. She uh, takes you over to this very large, kind of tall conical tent, and you can see that there are these these really remarkable symbols painted all around it in ink. It's tent made of these very, very heavy highs, and there's fires burning all around as you step inside. It's much larger inside than you expected it to be. There's a small, smoldering fire within. At the very top where the tent poles meet, you can see the circumference of the sky and the smoke inside the uh, inside the tent kind of whirls toward uh, the, the top of it. And the sound of the winter outside dies down. Please sit. Oh, gosh, sorry. Wonder how loud again. She speaks. <laughs> she, the Don, Don daughter says, please sit. It's just us. Take a seat and get comfortable. There's yep. blankets and furs laying out all over. And you can see muddy boot prints in here like others have been in here recently. But this is clearly her tent. Like, you can see, like, a little area that's kind of off this with another, another adjunct tent that's connected to it that she would walk through into another room to disrobe whatever it may be. But the tent's much larger inside than it is outside. How are you able to convince the soldiers to let these people go? Well, we were mainly able to convince them by convincing them that we were an, a neutral party. That we had no, that we had no stake in this. She shakes her head and says, that's, that's not true. No, it's not. You swore an oath to the Baroness. I know you did. I was there. She looks toward Harper. It is. That is true. But what we were able to convince him of is that we were, we had an investigation. She shakes her head, just looking at Harper. You swore an oath to the Baroness. Right. That we wouldn't do what we could to help her out. And so, we talked to this man, this leader of the martyrs, and convinced him that to help us with our investigations, that we would uh, require these hostages, so that way we could convince you to tell us where the red-haired woman was, because that's primarily what the martyrs wanted. We had to pull some wool, wool over their eyes. That's why I couldn't be a part of it. Subterfuge ain't my nature. Mm. She nods. That, that kind of clicks in your head why he, why Warren left when he did. Yeah, it, it, like there, there's a look on Terran's face like he didn't even consider it before. Uh, yes, I, I've spent a lot of time among the Ravanian courts and gotten to know the people of the Velvet Throne, she says. And you're not really sure. You hear this, and you've heard it before, but as she says it, it's like the second time you've heard this this name before. The, the, the people of the Velvet Throne, and their words are poison. They operate in such strange ways that are so completely foreign to me. I have spent many years among your people, and still... I can appreciate that, she says. She looks toward Warren. 
I have a, or I should say we, our people, our kith, are, do not know how to speak lies, I suppose you could say. Both with our hands and with our tongues, when we learn the ignoble tongue of your people. But what what did you have to agree to? So she turns toward Harper. These folk, these crimson martyrs, I guess they were sent here to well drive you to east of the Axewater. And what their primary goal is is to probably capture and kill the uh, Bloodleaf Woman as they have recognized her as the greatest threat. Well, she says, she considers this for a moment and says, circle of trust, as we are here, you are here in my home, I will share with you, his concerns are true and valid. Bloodleaf, or Yelana, as we once knew her was, as Yelana, is a filled with poison and vengeance. She is filled with rage. She is filled with that which does not does not uh, reflect our values. Well, they're peas in a pod. Right. I would say that they are very much the same in that nature. I feel like those crimson martyrs. They've essentially done so many bad things that in their minds they're the heroes, so that's how they can live with themselves. So they make your people the bad folk, even though they're not. They're just really the same people. I mean, one life is just as valuable as another, right? We could agree to this. So, but, well, I don't see them leaving until they think she's dead. And, well, they seem to have caught on to the notion that, well, if they burn down your home, then, uh, well, there's no reason why you'd stay. One other thing. We tried to let them know that there were two different schools of thought amongst the picks. Our kith is sundered, yes. Yes. Try to explain that to him, but uh, is he is such a fanatic that he won't he won't see the difference. And uh, he's he's saying that any picks found west of the Axewater. West of the Axewater. Uh, he has a uh, divine right to. Uh, off of this we left the east because we knew if we remained that the, the people of New Lork would, they drove us, they drove us west. Hey. For years, they drove us from where we lived all across the Rovain girdle to here. We found ourselves here after a long decade of nothing but war and violence, seeking nothing but peace. And now that the the Malisters are gone, 
we tried to sue for peace with the Baroness, and she is... She's acquiesced. But even then, we're not welcome there either. So where are we to go? Alright, have no mind of nowhere. The only place that I could offer is far, far away from here. As I'm sure you can see, we have grown comfortable here these past few years. Since the stars fell from the sky, we came here. After the people abandoned Stowe, we made the forest our home. We've raised our children here. And then they came back. And we enjoyed a s simple relations. We tried to, 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 to make trade. The people of Stowe were open to this. Unfortunately, Ohachi, he is my student. He has learned your mother tongue as well. And we have lived in relative peace, at least until these... Until the forest burned. Until the, some, until, until the humans, she says, very distinctly Cavalage, humans burnt the forest. This was what pushed Yolana over the, over the edge. She has forsaken her family name, and she has taken upon the turn. She has taken upon a new name that is Bloodleaf. And along with this, she has brought, within these three short weeks, many Pictish to her side. The strange wives, she speaks for them. She speaks for the strange wives. She speaks for the gods of this forest. Does that mean she could potentially rile up the gods to send them into a battle? Is she willing to push that far? I believe that my sister Yelana was always one of fiery temperament. She was born, her hair kissed by fire. I did not think this would be as far as she would push, but there's so much poison in her veins. She would lead all these Pictish to their own deaths. She would do precisely what our ancestors had done before. And like them, she and the others will be lost. They'll be dead. Like it or not, them Crimson Martyrs are coming, bringing war tonight. Ain't nothing we can do about it. We're just letting you know. And I reckon it'd be good if we let her know, too. But there is something you can do. What's That's that? where you're wrong. You are from the north, yes? Yep. You were driven away. Yeah, they they, they burned, they burned uh, White Wolf burned up uh, Girl's dead. Saddest thing I had to do was walk away. Just for a moment. There's no more walking away for us. Bloodleaf sees this. I have urged the other Pictish against this action. I don't know if I can hold steady against I don't think that we can do it on our own. I cannot speak for Bloodleaf, but I can speak for myself. You pledged your fealty to the Bar to the Baroness, and we have promised her that we would bring peace between the Pictish and the Ravanians. That this would be the moment to finally bring peace to the girdle between us and the humans. The question is, what will you do about it? Because we cannot do it alone. 
Well, that's the million crown question, right? Let us do this. Let me leave you here so you can ponder. I want to see to Hakan. I want to see to Alki. I want to see Otoka, uh, Okota. I want to see what has happened. You have seen with your own eyes the pain that they have, that the Crimson Martyrs have caused. You have seen the pain they have inflicted upon them. Consider this as you make your decision. You are welcome to my fire and my blankets. Tomorrow morning I will take you to Bloodleaf. She steps outside the, the tent and she looks back toward you, Warren, as you both lock eyes for a moment. And she leaves. And closes the flap of the tent, leaving just the six of you there. I was hoping that our honesty would gain us favor, but I didn't imagine it would go so well. So well, we've been enlisted. I imagine that we would have both group, all three groups mad at us. <clears throat> We've been enlisted twice. I have a question. Yes. Um, so the Clavagers, I mean, they have Clavager setting. Mm -hmm. Where is that located at now? Uh, south and further west, along the along the borders of Galleon. But uh, the girdle, the teeth, like a waist belt, they runs from and you those. People can't camera probably can't see this, right. but it runs like a belt along the bottom of Aglador, mm -hmm. and it adjoins Galleon where the where the teeth are. The teeth are okay. Yep. Because everywhere used to be like yeah, that's right. There. Yeah, it kind of does this bit now because we've <laughs> yeah. rearranged the map. But yeah, it runs like a like a belt uh, along the bottom of Aglador and it adjoins Galleon. You're thinking what I'm thinking, which is which is uh, offer them a place. Well, right. I mean, that's kind of what Harper would be wondering. Like, there's no real place for these people and it's not like potentially like he could offer them to like move to the Clavager study right like there's no way for that I mean would that even be a possibility in his mind because his father is the lord there right? he is he's the he's the paladin he's the, the paladin right he's yeah. the paladin like he is and everyone knows that by the way this is a totally of this is everyone would know this story whether you be from Grahlstead or Iridane um his father is a man who is called the Paladin. He walked a he walked a pilgrimage uh, repeatedly all the way to Chaldea barefoot on a mission of peace, and uh, never drew his sword once along his path, and walked all the way back. And when he came back, he was crowned the Paladin. He was called the Paladin, but he was crowned the Paladin by the King Cassander Malister of the Unifier, and he was raised up as a Baron. It became a, a symbol for among the Church of the Covenant. He was kind of canonized, and you would expect that in time he will probably be sainted in the same... He is kind of seen as like the... as, a, as one of the more influential individuals, though he's not a religious man by any means. Yeah. He's like George Washington. He's not an incredibly smart man. He's pragmatic, but he lives by his values. He walks and talks his values. He walks and walks and talks and talks, and he's been turned into kind of an iconoclast of a sort. Right. Whether he'd accept the picks or not, if you put your name on that paper, probably. Yeah. But that means the picks would have to leave the Roman girdle, which is their ancestral home. Right. Well, I mean, because it's on like the edge of the Roman girdle and Galleon, right? So. Well, the picks—they're originally, if you remember, are from the forest near Old Lork to the east, mm -hmm. further east, mm -hmm. and they were driven out by the Malisters. They were driven further and further and further west until they reached the Steadwall. 
Yeah, yeah further that way. Uh, More towards the... Uh, uh, east on the map. So you see where Dorindal is, the red, little red dot? Here, yeah. Nope, that's... Big uh, one. That's yep, Durindle. right there. Okay. So go east see the that. forest east? That's yeah. where they're from originally. That's where they're from. Oh, okay. I thought you said Old Lork. No, no. Okay. New Lork is oh. to the west, is to well, the east. Actually, and New Lork is over in that... Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> the Forester landing is right here, unless that's changed location. That's right. The Forester's also the ones who helped drive them out. <laughs> yes. The, 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 essentially what this boils down to is the Rovanians have been driving the picks out of the girdle, west, east, north, south. This is perhaps the last of their tribe. The, their last remaining vestiges of the picks are here. They're literally here, thus kind of marking the importance of the, uh, of the delegate's presence in the Baroness's court, trying to, fight, trying to sue for peace. They're the last tribe of the Picts, mm -hmm. and they rightfully belong in the Girdle. That is the rightful home, at least. This has been going on for generations, until their numbers used to be so great. When they, so remember, when the Aridane came here from the first shore, the Ravanians went east, the Ghent went west, and the Aridane settled into what's now called the Winelands, the Winelands, or Aglador. Um, the Picts were all over. And they were driven out by the Aridane, driven out by the Ravidians, driven out by the Gentish. They're driven out everywhere. Uh, the Dunish, the Midlanders, everyone who lived in this large swath of territory drove them out, but they were primarily driven out by the Rovanians. Yay. And the edicts of the previous dynasty of the kings, the Rowans, are the ones who said the Picts cannot come west. If they cross the river, they're dead. Because there was a time at some point where... The bastard king, Ethan Priam, was trying to use them, but that didn't work out so well. He's dead now, obviously. He was killed by Cassandra Malister, but the, the bottom line is the Picts have been driven out of the girdle for generations. This goes back through a long series of our actual game campaigns right. for a long time. Um, and this is the last vestiges of the Pictish in the Roman girdle. This is it. This is all that's left. Right, so... So it's the six of you around this fire, so you know some of the backstory now, above board, so you can let that inform your decisions, obviously, but as you mentioned before, you've been kind of... At, it's almost like you think about, like, the, like remember the movie Sanjuro? Like, you're being asked by both to work for one another, and you... Mm -hmm. Yeah. You gotta make a decision. Which, which one do you work for? Well, do I don't you think... you side with the resistance, <laughs> or do you side with the empire? One of them is a legitimate government, so that's an easy call. <laughs> well, I don't even know quite what to do. It's not like there's really any good place. I'm surprised if they were negotiating with the Baroness that she didn't offer any place that would have been within her domain. Well, she said that... Uh they're not necessarily welcome there either. That's what I'm saying. Yes. And, uh... I could potentially do something, but I don't know how much they would trust the Foresters. I don't know. I think your bigger issue is, is they don't want to leave. It's not a matter of they've got nowhere to go. It's a matter of they won't go. That's well, 
That's what I heard too. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you've been chased out of one home after another after another, eventually you just decide to make a stand. Yes, I believe this is a stand. It is. Otherwise, yes, I could uh, offer them a place where the foresters are. Especially no offense, go. but given history. Oh, you want to talk history with the foresters? You see, my grandfather was once friend with uh, a man that he would swore that he would kill one day. My grandfather used to fight for the man that uh, um, Cassandra Malister uh, was fighting against. Well. And now I'm fighting for Cassandra Malister. Given all of that, understandably that things change and genetics don't necessarily carry the pre-thoughts, I don't think it matters because no. they won't leave. Yes, that is the, the so important part. Discussing location does us no good. If, if they ain't gonna leave, I hate to say it, but there ain't much we can do. Well? If we can convince them to leave, that's the best bet I'd say. Well, we can implore them all we want, but if they don't listen to our implorations, um, mm-hmm. we, we, need, we need another plan. And we ain't gonna be negotiating with them, Mr. Man back there. Crimson Raiders. They're done. We've already negotiated. We lost that negotiation. We did. There will be no more negotiating. I think it's come down to decision. I'm open to uh, suggestions. What I wasn't quite sure on is, what does Dawn Daughter expect of us? Fight. Do we assist them or do we assist the Nazis? I believe she expects us somehow to broker peace. No. She's a logical woman. She knows there's no peace with these people. I don't know. She is a logical woman, that is true. But I do believe she was sincere when she begged us to somehow find a way peace. And the only way that we can at least convince one side is to talk to them. And we're going to be talking to them in the morning. Well, I didn't get that boss, but yeah, it's not the impression that reading, I understood. Maybe you're reading different lines here. Well, if that's our best hope, Look. ain't much peace him and hawing about what we're doing. Let's do it tomorrow. So what's your plan then? It's a let the red woman and the red speak with blood martyrs just we, we kill each other. Flowers to the martyrs and hope that they light the pink dish now. Is that no, is that we, what our plans are? There ain't no negotiating with the red martyrs. We speak with Bloodleaf. Do what we can. If she, if they, she ain't seeing reason, we don't know what we could. There needs to be a way to force the martyrs' hand. That's the only way we're going to get this war to stop. Even if even if we snuck in somehow and we, we killed Redrick and, and tried to reassociate things, it's not going to fix this. Oh no, if we killed him, then there would be no hope of stopping them. Even he, if he was to turn to his people, you saw what happened. The second that we 
were pulling the picks out of the camp, the first thing they wanted to do was throw insults and possibly other things. I know that all of you have an idea of what it's like to be in the military, being run by this crew, being run by a man that was in the military. But unlike this operation, whenever the person in charge gives a command, they follow it. Boss, I follow your orders. Uh, I mean, let's let's be honest. The argument's been presented from the military standpoint, from the heart standpoint, and of course from you know, you know, the most brilliant standpoint or noble, noble standpoint. But when it comes down to it, you make the decision. So, what are we doing? Well, I'm looking for ideas to help me make that decision. Well, articulate is what I was going to yes. say, but I didn't know if you'd know the word, no. new guy. So, Thanks. before before I even Ouch. attempt to create a plan, does anyone have any ideas that they can bring forward of how to resolve this? The best thing I can really give is we at least know one of the plans, and we could inform the other group to make it easier. If we want to side with Dawn Daughter in this, we know Graf Redrick's plan is to pursue us to Red Bloodleaf. What's to say we can't give that information directly to Dawn Daughter, and they set up some sort of ambush? If she can pass word silently to Bloodleaf, we could, in effect, lead the Crimson Marauders to the death. Ambush. Well, there's, as part of what my current plan is, part of it. Any, any other ideas? Because my idea, as I can tell you right now, is not the best. I personally like that idea more. If, let's say we leave, follow Banneker here, we just leave in the end of this, doing as minimal of what we would do as possible. Who do you want to leave this area in the hands of? The Marauders or the Pictish? I think Stowe will survive better with the Pictish than they will with the Marauders. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a valid point. So, what we need to do then, in order to avoid as little bloodshed as possible, unless there's more to say. You already know my point. Let's get what we came for, and let's get out. Aye. So we need to accomplish that above all else. But, what I have in mind is with a man that of a military mindset, the only way you're going to change his mind is if they have no other choice. But, but boss, I don't, I don't believe he's completely military mind. I believe you have a military mind. I agree with you on this. He's also he's a fanatic. A fanatic. He has lost his perspective. He only sees these people as... I mean, you, you heard him. I will kill every man, woman, and child that has crossed the river. Not not, not men of war. That's what a warrior would go after. Would you kill a child? No. I saw you gut of slaver because in the streets of Durindal because of what, what they were doing. I have yet to kill a child. That's right. what I'm saying. This Give it time. I'm glad that threshold has not been met. Me too, boss, because I believe you will turn into this man. No, no, I won't. You will if you kill a child. No, yeah. I won't kill a child. E exactly. But he would. 
That's and the military keep, man in you, you right? You keep arguing that at some point you and him are on some same level of morality when You're this not. man literally will slaughter an entire gene comb. He, he does not want these people to exist. I don't think he gives two shits about you coming and, and with some peace sign or trying to talk him out of it or giving him some option where it's not because then at that point he'll set himself on fire and charge into a forest. Do you really think that anything would stop him at this point? You are rational. He's strung people up on a windmill. Uh, I assume you wouldn't. I've only seen evil of this cat once in my life. That was with the white wolf. I drove us out of her. Out of Rolstead. I sure, because... Burned it to the ground. We just came from Amaran's Gate. I mean, we saw this kind of butchery not even a fortnight ago. Yeah, as Don Dada says, only us humans know how to do this type of slaughter. My it's thought true. is... What I'm saying is we was, we was driven, driven from our home and we've been wandering ever since. That's the only way that is left for us. There's no more Grolstead, just Grolsteaders. So after hearing from the lot of you, it sounds like what we are going to do. Their only <laughs> hope to live is to scatter themselves with the wind, just like we did. What I'm hearing from you is that you're proposing that we wipe out the Crimson Martyrs. I, I, I don't believe I'm proposing anything. Remember, we have the the hearts here. Okay. Ooh, hearts and sure. minds here who want to make sure that everybody lives under rainbows and happiness. We have your military view and we have the articulate view. But when it all comes down to it, none of ours matter. Only yours matter. Because we do live in a military organization. We live in a society. Huh? <laughs> I would just settle for a roof. Bread. It was, it, it, look, I'm just matter. trying to say, you want to save them. I want to leave and get the information we need to to move on. And you want to somehow... Stop a genocide? <laughs> There's, well, but there's only yeah. one way to do this. If you want your section to win, which I'm the only man out here at this point, That's, so I've already lost the argument. I would like to minimize the loss. Then, then it's kill, kill Redrick and his band of crazies. But I, I think that is a terrible idea. I mean, because you think the bounties that are on our heads now are... I, I'm not proposing we... Kill Redrick oh. and his fanatics. I'm proposing we let Redrick do what he wanted, which is to follow us. Redrick gets himself killed. No, 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 no. I, I agree with that. But again, we are we are taking men that are serving the king and a baron, a local baron, and we are putting them in harm's way. They've done it to themselves. No, no, no. You can't take responsibility for their warmongering ways. I am... We, we are doing this to them. I am with you. If we, Even if we don't take that battlefield, if we arm... Redhead woman. The, the blood, Bloodleaf, right? Bloodleaf, yeah. Mm -hmm. We arm Bloodleaf with that knowledge. And we somehow give them an upper hand in order to win this fight then we did take action against the Crimson Martyrs. Alright. 
So you're saying just just letting them know. I see what you mean. I, I get that. But I also feel that should we not? And I'm gonna look out the tent flap and like pull it open enough to where we can we can see Alki. I'll be like, you're condemning her and that child and that child to just as much death. I'll choose a few warmongering men over a few people that just want to live peacefully, left alone. If I have to make the call, Crimson Marauders are my kill. See so, what you mean. I'm coming around in the way you're thinking, Eugene. But, me and me and them. But will it me stop? and these picks, we almost one of the same. I, I think stop? we should let him know. It's not going right. to stop, Banneker. Right. We're already wanted by the salt pedum at the No, 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 no. Will this stop? The Crimson Martyrs are, aren't, aren't the last. You Gods, do, no. You do understand these people are going to be, continue to be hunted. But I, I'm not saying that we should give up now. Listen. <laughs> Look, it, again, I've lost. Possibly. If, if it makes you feel any better, these are King's men, right? These men are not. We've no, been, these are mercenaries driven by some weird heritage. We've been tasked to see to the secession. A weakening of, of, of these men goes towards that goal, does it not? Also, we're tasked with supporting the Baroness, you who is trying to broker peace. You reckon what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It does. Warren just made more sense than anything that's been said. It does. Harper, you were going to say something. I'm just over here, him and ha, and really, um, I mean, because I was thinking, even if we had some sort of protected land, like if I were to offer them to stay and fly after studying, they'd still have to march halfway across the country the entire way. I wouldn't see anything less than these crimson martyrs harrying their entire way. Well, someone else. Oh. They weren't driven from Old Lork by the crimson martyrs. Well, consider this way, though. If we assist them in taking out the martyrs now, so they'll have, there will be time for them to discuss being at risk in a trail south. If we don't help them, there's no chance. They just die here. Right. So we're we're assuming that the only way the martyrs leave is if they're dead. That's it. Aren't you assuming the same? I'm just trying to I mean, see if there's any any other possibility that they <coughs> Did you stand in front of that man? I, I, I'm, I understand. I'm just seeing if there's any alternative, because if there's not, then that, there's that no alternative. That shit's done sale. We, 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 we screwed the pooch. It's done. Look, as the person that took the last heretic on and managed to talk them into leaving people and only killing the few that they did... When we were in Almeron's Gate, I can tell you right now that man will not be reasoned with in the same fashion. Right, and then I was also thinking if they did leave, well, the people of Stahl are essentially dead. Because they'll just starve through the rap of winter. Correct. But so, let's see to the secession. This man is crazier than that Inquisitor. Not Everyone. necessarily on the people of Stone. Crimson Marauders go off into a walk in the forest and don't come back. Their supplies don't go missing. That camp doesn't go anywhere. People of Stowe can at least use the food resources and the equipment left behind to give themselves a chance for the winter. They'll leave back guard. 
people will still hate to say it, but they're in a bad way. Collateral damage and all that. Ain't nothing we can do. We've done all we can. We've moved them out of the way. Yes. And maybe there might be something they can pick off of corpses later, but right at this moment, I don't think there's much else we can do for them. So what do you reckon, Carolyn? What it will be? These are the cards I have in my hand. We have the people of Stowe. We have the Grolsteaders of Stowe. We have this group of the Picts. And we could potentially have the other group of the Picts. March them all against them. And hope that that show of force is enough.
And we're back for Queen of Embers. The following morning comes. You all are restored to unhindered. Mark one more day off. You can feel the you can feel once again, Eugene, the pain of your injury as you I'm assuming you're in a dose again with tincture. Does a bear shit in the woods? <laughs> Not anymore. It's all burned down. Burn. That's right. <laughs> Just but yeah, I'm gonna bruise, rip off legs. Oh yeah, I'm tinking out. <laughs> oh my goodness. So as you wake in that morning, Don Daughter has a place on a heavy cloak. Ohachi is there. As is Hakan and Elki and uh, Okota. The three you had rescued. Ohachi, the the person who had been making trade in Stowe with the people of Stowe. <laughs> and uh, the Dawn Daughter. And they're gathered. Let's go see... She says, she says, and makes some quick small talk and says, let's, let's go see the Dawn Daughter. Or so let's go see, let's go see Bloodleaf, she said. Are they well enough to travel? Did you make a decision? I thought we paused. We had three cards on the table and we never got the cards. We got card one, which I hope we're not doing card one because that's, that's chaos. And I think I made a decision. Mm-hmm. No. He said, I got three cards in the table. He listed card one, and you said, let's pause for five minutes. It faded to black in intermission. In a very dramatic fashion. We'll find out what the card is when the the moment matters. Yeah. Yeah, We're just going. I mean, I like it. I think, I, like I think we're getting the director's cut. <laughs> we're going to pull our pistols and start shooting them inside. You can only talk everyone. so long until decisions yeah. must be made. Sometimes the decisions must be made in the moment. All right. Ciao. Let's go. As an, as an example, that conversation lasted 35 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not many not game bad. groups that would navel gaze that long. No, we do. We do. That's how we do. These are not. These are not. These are not necessarily bad decisions either. So that morning, I guess we're going with two. Are we sure we can't filibuster for at least twelve more days? In well, game? regardless of what you decide, you must meet with Bloodleaf regardless. Right. No, there's no other choice. That that's decision the whole point. Made. That's the whole yeah. point of this. Get up my top one. So. As you strike out, you leave behind the Pictish settlement and head deeper into the scorched wood. You can feel the wind beating against you as you're moving through the scorched dale. Barren, dead places where where charred tree trunks and blackened rocks are all over. Snow and soot dust everything. The air is clearly damp with the season. But uh, there's something in the air, like the remnants of the conflagration that consumed this forest seems to linger. The worst of the damage done here. You can see bits of twisted undergrowth that are bereft of leaves. It looks like this, and like this fire, this fire was spread through here violently and very, very quickly. And it's deathly quiet. There are no animals. 
no insects, no howling of dogs, not the sounds of the camp back in stow. You're in the deepest part of the wood. The air even tastes like soot, like a fireplace. Like this place has been tainted. Something is off about this. In the middle of this dale, there is a rocky outcropping. Finally, when you break through the, the wood. Almost like the entrance to a temple, there's this kind of archway of vines that miraculously still stands, clinging to the stone in defiance of all the destruction that surrounds this place. The delegate kind of motions forward toward the archway, and as you continue getting closer to it, suddenly Bloodleaf and her kith are there. One minute the outcrop seemed completely deserted, the next the Pictish are here. It's almost kind of like a cold, snowy breeze carried them here. Completely soundlessly, they emerge from behind the rocky outcropping. Their eyes seem to speak as they look toward you, painted head to toe in red henna. Their eyes say, we are the wrath of this dale. A red woman almost somersaults from the top of the precipice of the snow. A short woman, perhaps maybe 14 years of age, with this huge, curved, meteoric iron sword held in hand. Her eyes are completely covered in red paint from handprints from, from the, around the front of her face to the back of her head. Her head is completely, it's completely shaved, save for these thick red dreadlocks of hair. And she has this very impressive soaring physique, and her auburn hair seems to almost bellow around her. She has this, this look of intent violence as you approach, and she hisses like an animal. She leans low toward the ground as she and her cadre approach with weapons in hand, ready to kill you all. The delegate kind of puts her hands out toward who you now know as her sister, Ilana, and she pleads with her, using her hands. And this is where we'll start a social entry event. Yay! Oh boy. So it's time to strike a bargain or to have a conversation, a deeper conversation than simply a regular exchange, but a complex exchange. So first and foremost, uh, like any social intrigue event, I must know who is going to, who is going to, who wishes to not participate? Will anyone not participate? Are there disadvantages when we don't participate? Or do you not do that anymore? There absolutely is. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> always. If you don't participate, you always suffer something in return. So... Don't get a ribbon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't get the reward points. Well, so I like the talkies. Is it so. safe to assume that uh, Terrawin will participate? Yeah. And Harper? Yeah. And Elisa? I guess. You guess? <laughs> uh, what about yourself, Warren? Yes. <sighs> Banneker? Of course. <laughs> yes. Don't and you Eugene? Know who I am. Of course, it's not a military situation. That's right. Oh, 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 oh. Snap. So, Bang. shots fired. Um, Bang. It could be. So, <laughs> that's right. Um, so, much like all social intrigue events, we always start with a very quick above board question. 
what is it that you intend to gain through this discussion with Bloodleaf and the Delegate? Access to meal fresh. Yep. <clears throat> Very top level. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely primary number one. Is that it? No. No, no, <laughs> but uh, that, like, think, against all else. I think on a very. I think on a very high level, if we can convince, if we can give Bloodleaf the information to get an upper hand versus the Crimson Marauders, mm -hmm. um, we can wipe, we can... Martyrs. Martyrs, thank you. We can Martyrs. we can convince them to, or I, I, I guess, if they are wiped out, that will serve Steed's Hill and the fact that it sees to the secession to a degree. Um, if, if the Crimson Martyrs are wiped out, the king will, will ostensibly have to send more forces, um, and that strengthens the queen's position. I also think if we can convince Blood the Baroness, I should to say. see her sister's point of view and rejoining that alliance with the Baroness, because I have a feeling in her current state, she once she kills the Crimson Martyrs, like she doesn't care about any of these people. But we can convince her to rejoin. It also would strengthen the Baroness's alliance. So we're kind of getting into the uh, strategy portion of the uh, social intrigue question, which typically we say, typically we, we, we structure these event, these social intrigue events in the terms of what do we have to gain, mm -hmm. what do we have to lose, and then we talk about the strategic things that we're going to try to accomplish within the social intrigue. And then finally, we we settle on what specific skills we're gonna each gonna use mm -hmm. uh, right. to meet those. So, things. so I'll guide this. So yeah, I was just I was yeah. just enlightening him because yeah, he's yeah. never done one. Before. That's okay. I'm gonna guide you through it. That's what we're doing oh, for we our viewers. And Sorry for to step on your toes. No, no worries. <laughs> so what else is what else is to be gained here? <laughs> so we've spoken about a couple things. Is there anything else to be gained in this conversation? Preparing the relationship with Stowe potentially. Mm -hmm. Not getting killed. Yeah, not dying. That's well, usually that's that's probably number one one. Yeah, it's not really one point two. That's not a benefit. <laughs> I think the easiest one here is 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 to say I already lost it. I think I forgot what I was gonna say. Fight martyrs. <laughs> no. to, to try and convince them that we can actually have a nonviolent outcome through a show of force if everyone is there. Everyone, all still, all of Grolstead. You think that's? It's not feasible. You, you think that's an actual feasible option? It's unlikely. Like above, like above board. Do you actually think that's be a feasible option? Or does Terwin think that's a feasible? Well, this is all above board. Yeah. yeah. That's when you when we, in a social intrigue event, we're discussing out of character above board, what we want to accomplish, even if it can't be accomplished. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are our goals? So, that, are you actually going to try to do this? Is that something that you think is we should even be attempting? Yes. What makes you think that's possible? I thought that was card one. We killed card one. We lit that on fire because that's a terrible idea. Exactly. <laughs> Why, what makes you think that's possible? Uh, because if it doesn't fail, then um, that is best outcome. That is the best outcome as well. Outcome as well. I mean, even from a logistical level, we don't have. From our standpoint right now, we don't have access to the people of Stone in the Grawl Centers. And even if we did, we'd have to convince them to help us. 
So from where we're, from, from, so from where we're standing, it's not even possible. In my mind. Against their own best interests. Yeah. Um, but uh, we. Their own best interests stay, stay there. Yeah. Stay there. So, so I'll remind you that during this time, uh, even if you have some sort of hidden agenda, okay, it it it, it should be stated. Yes. Among us above board. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the hidden agenda for Terwin was that he left multiple letters and that he's going to instruct that should the majority of um, the the crimson uh, martyrs leave and go into the forest we're going to go and take all their crap and um, make it to where they can only survive off of what they took with them and when you go off for slaughter you don't take much with you because you left everything in base camp and there's enough people there that that would be one uh, one way of, of handling that. Then, um, if for any reason they tried to block us from getting out of there with a meal, um, because I didn't know it would go this direction, um, another aspect of what was in that letter is for them to go ahead and go back to Steeds Hill and report everything that was here. And that um, the Crimson... And the wording in that letter would say that the Crimson Martyrs had um, stopped um, the uh, Dufresne from doing the king's work. They were actively working against the king, which is treason. So, is there anything else to be gained beyond that? So, no, no, we're not okay, going to negotiate you, you. those okay. things. Let's let's keep this above I'm, board. I'm, I'm so, not, I'm not, ask, I'm not saying. You. To negotiate anything, I'm just say, asking, is this something that you mentioned to any other group at any point? Okay, good. good. I just want to know because I, I don't want to metagame this. Once no, it does come down to, to that, I just I want to know what I know, what Warren knows, I should say. Yeah, Warren doesn't know any of that. None of you know. Any okay, of that. thank right. you, thank you. Yeah, the letters were written in secret for a reason. Yep. So that is, we all agree, there are things to be gained. So, what is at stake? Our lives. Yeah, death. Our lives, people of stone, the Pictish themselves. Access to Emil Frosch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Emil. Our entire crew. Mm-hmm. What else is at stake? The forest. Well, also, if the town. we walk out of this place and the Crimson Martyrs don't, the people of Stowe and everybody's going to know that we assisted the pig. It's going to be obvious. Sorry, reputation. The Baroness's uh, alliances. Right, but the people of Stowe, the only way they will survive is with the pig's help. Like, that's it. <laughs> but uh, just because it's rational doesn't mean people are going to see it. That's true. You're, you're right. What else is at stake? I mean, will we be... Even this is just what's at stake for you, it's at stake for everybody else. Yeah, yeah. will we be even... Well, yeah, we back into, everyone's lives, into, Back into society with this knowledge. Like, are we just wanted from this point on? Well, the only people we're wanted by is private organization, not the king. Right now. 
Yeah. And so we are still doing the king's work. And so if we can uncover what I believe believe is a, new, a conspiracy, then we will be exonerated. <laughs> so. Anything else at stake? No? No, I have to say. So that's a lot. There's a lot to be gained. Some personal things you want to see done. Some things you want to do at the group level. There's some things at stake as well that extend beyond you. So the next question is, if you were to pick any one social skill to see either the group's shared things that they want to gain or in your personal, what you want to see personally gained, what skill would you choose? And your choice, this is called a social tactic, you have you have uh, six, seven choices. It's either bargain, charm, guile, interrogation, intimidate, leadership, or rumor. So maybe we'll start first with we'll start first with Terwin. Uh, Terwin has to be able to convince the uh, um, Bloodleaf that this is a sound plan, mm -hmm. and so uh, since warfare isn't a social skill, I would choose leadership. And what is your social class in your order of chaos aligned? I am lowborn and I am uh -huh. order aligned. Okay. Harper, what's your social tactic? Um, I'm going to go with rumor. And why? Um, I want to see, I mean, because basically I would ask them like what they have heard, what they know of these crimsons and martyrs. Like, do they think that they would actually like leave them in peace and stuff like that? And, Mostly just trying to get them to think bigger picture, but more like what have they heard, what do they know. Yeah. Is I don't think he can really bargain with them, and he doesn't really want to lie to them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Like, we're all just in a bad situation. <laughs> okay. So, what is your social class? I'm a burger, and okay. I'm order-aligned. Order. Burger. Elisa. What skill, what social tactic will you choose and why? Well, I'd like to do scrutinize, because uh, I have a lot of Can't you scrutinize? It, I can't, so I would say this actually... Is, so to, to quick, just pause for a second. Yeah. To clarify what a social tactic is, it's basically the tool which you will use yeah. throughout the discussion to drive toward what you want to have them acquiesce to. No, that was me just making a joke. No, 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 no. Right. Uh, no, but it would actually be rumor, and the reason I would say that is because she's going to try to work with, like, the lies that have been floating between the two groups of, like, Stowe and the Picks, and get them to maybe understand where the truth lies, that, like, Emil was not working with Stowe to try to destroy their ancestral lands, and that there might be something gained by trying to save this area. Well, that's probably bargain and not rumor. bargain with that? Mm -hmm. I mean, that would be her tactic. I don't have any skill ranks in bargain, but we can go with it. No. It's best to use ranks what makes sense. That's fine. Which is social class? Burger. Hey, order a chaos line. Chaos. 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 Warren, what social tactic will you choose and why? Warren is going to be channeling his order alignment and being completely candid with everything. Um, so I think probably the best thing that would make sense in this situation is charm. Um, he's He knows what they're going through. He's lived it, and he wants them to succeed, to be, to be frank. Lowborn? Lowborn. And what order of chaos? <coughs> Even. Even. Even what? Steven. Okay. 
Who is he sitting next to me? This is yeah, a I, I, character. I, 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 I recently got my fourth uh, fate point, and then I got an order alignment, and I, which counteracted my my uh, permanent Perfect. chaos rank. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so it's still in right. He's got a permanent chaos rank. So, Banneker, what social tactic will you use and why? Well, I was kind of thinking along the lines that to, to, to let her understand that, obviously... Emil Frost is to blame, not the people of Stowe, not anybody else. Mm-hmm. But I think Elise has already said that, and then help me back up my claim. <laughs> well, I think I think my my stronger thing is is the charm. Also, I've seen mm-hmm. my whole life be burned down around me. I've lost my family. I've been thrown out of my home. This is my second, third chance, but <laughs> this is my second chance, you know, and I understand that, you know, that's why I hang on to this group in a different way than I think other people do. Mm-hmm. That's so, pr- and that's why I feel a kindership with, with Nick's character, because even though, like, we are completely opposites, we are alike in that we have no home. So, so you're going to try to appeal to them and, like, like we're, all, we're not so different. We're not so different, and I understand why you want to stay here. And so okay. basically, hopefully, weren't uh, hopefully the boss has got a good plan. <laughs> so such a class is aristocrat. Oh yeah. And are you order chaos aligned? Oh, I'm order. I was just chaos. But and then finally we come session. to Eugene. What social tactic will you choose and why? Uh, so Eugene's going to use bargain. Um, and where I'm going with this one is he's going to try and reason with her that through. Uh, working with us that we can we can set the trap to give them the best chance that the the aggression behind these crimson martyrs is is bad for everyone and that we're we're here to assist her uh, and she just doesn't know that yet so uh, but working with us is going to yield a better result uh, and that will include you know both give and take letting us speak to Emil Frosch Mm-hmm. Potentially having more to do with him than just he gets put to death for burning their forest, uh, and in exchange, we're going to help her, you know, take out the people that are really the villains in this right now. Okay. So, what is your social class? Uh, I am a burger. I mean, do chaos. we really chaos? Huh? Do we really kill? Care if they kill a mill after we get done talking to him? Well, that's not to be discussed right now, but we will find out what happens in the exchange. So. The the next and final step, uh, well, I should say the yeah. next step is: Does anyone wish to? Does anyone wish to burn any reputation in this exchange? Ooh. I will. I would say I I actually would be willing to. My reputation on the line. Have we we haven't gained reputation since it's been a long time. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's really hard to gain it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is like a fate point. So, Terwin, you're going to burn it? Yes. I would say I was willing to. No, this is my plan that you all didn't even know about. Anybody else going to burn it? Hmm. Anybody can burn one reputation if they wish in this exchange. You know what? Yeah, Elisa will. Because she's starting to actually like the pictures of people and learn about them. Okay. And finally, it is time to roll dice. So, before you roll... You're going to make what's called a social tactics check. This is not going to determine success or failure. 
What this does is it simply will give me a result to write down, a temperament that I as a game master will draw upon during the exchange will help guide my role play. Because you already know what's at stake, you already know what you want to have gained, you already know your social tactic. We're going to role play this out regardless, but you're simply generating some temperaments for me to draw upon so I know how she may think and react in this conversation with all of you. And because you're all participating, you all must roll. Save for Terwin, because when you spend one reputation, you automatically critically succeed. And because you chose leadership, and it's treated as if, okay, successful. So she is her first temperament. And normally, I would not tell you what these are, but I'm going to do it for our audience and for your sake, Jason. Uh, the temperament you generated was cooperative. Harper, you are order aligned. She is not. You are a burger. She is not. Your test uh, will be um, arduous. Arduous! Sorry, uh, hard. My apologies. Hard. Okay. Oh. hard. Uh, uh, well, hard. I guess 33 then is the, my roll. And roll I got a 12. Oh, I'll take a 12. Nice! Oh. Nice. nice. So like, her disposition, <laughs> by the way, your her their dis NPCs disposition will determine what keyword temperament it generates for me, uh -huh. because she is unfriendly and you succeeded a rumor. bargain test. Rumor. Rumor. rumor sorry, she'll consider rumor. rumor. She will. Yeah. She'll be idle. Hmm. Willing to listen at least. Elisa. Spent a reputation point, which means she automatically critically succeeds the test as well. Yay. You chose bargain. By the way, when you crit succeed a test, it moves their moves their uh, moves their um, their disposition to the best possible value for your for purposes of your role in your old bargain. Yep. So she'll be very generous. Warren, you are lowborn. She is lowborn. You have equal ranks. She is chaos aligned. Uh, yeah. And you're choosing charm, which is an unfavorable skill. No. So if you fail this, it's treated as a crit failure instead. Which means you cannot re-roll it. Right. So, your test... <clears throat> that would happen anyway because of my uh, drawback. That's right. Death comes to town. Uh. <laughs> uh. It happens with everybody. Your test skill. will be... Challenging. Okay. Challenging? Challenging will, charm. Will be a 36% chance to succeed. So, question before I roll. If I do fail, since it's counted as a critical failure, I do not have a chance to re-roll. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. Just a just a just a note of yep. for anyone listening or, or here in the roll that twenty-two. Here we go. Eleven. 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 That is Oh! Well, it was going to be either way, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, she's going to be positively disgusted. <laughs> Banneker. She's generously disgusted. You're an aristocrat, she is lowborn. You're order aligned, she is chaos aligned. You're choosing charm, which is an unfavorable skill. Uh, your test, because you're on the opposite side of the spectrum, will be hard. Hard charm. The great thing is, is she is a different social class. That's right. What do you have? What, what benefit do you get for that? Um, for silver tongue. I have uh, plus 
20 to charm outside of my social class. Nice! Okay. Well, lady, I love that fiery hair. <laughs> and I would know. Because I'm so, fancy. Uh, <laughs> I'm because I have so about. much money. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have burned forest. Because 57. I know. Fire. Because my family okay. owned people. Oh. Would you get? 72. I will take her. I, I, never, I never do this, but I'll take one of those. Girl, okay. So it's three, three fortune, candy, four misfortune. Candy. Oh, that's right. It's treat as a crit failure. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's favorable. Oh. Yeah. Well, she wasn't going to like me anyway. <laughs> Most likely not. Two crit failures. She is right. disgusted and disdainful. Okay. So, Eugene, you're a burger. She is lowborn. You are chaos aligned. Yeah. She is chaos aligned. So your test will be standard bargain. Standard bargain. 64. Uh, I'm going to re-roll my 80. Okay. Oh. So three fortune and four misfortune at this point. Uh, 15. Success. Nice. nice. So you're rolling bargain. You yep. succeeded. She will be considerate. So here's what the results are. She's going to be cooperative, somewhat idle, uh, generous, disgusted, disdainful, considerate. Coincidentally, her favorable skill... Interrogation? Intimidate. Oh. A show of force. So... I thought about that, but... Now, we shift back into roleplay, and I have, I have these wonderful keywords to play with now. The woman who you see before you, Bloodleaf, does not evoke the image you thought she looked like. You thought perhaps she would be some terribly tall, frightening, soaring woman of some age and influence, but instead you see this small child who's surrounded by a group of adults, adult Pictish. And she looks like a woman who's just now, or looks like a girl who's just now come into her month to, to womanhood. She's begun to flower, you would guess, maybe 14, 15 years of age at best. But she is filled with such intensity as she strides forward with the great sword and she shows it over her back. And the first thing that she says in your tongue is she points her fingers and says, Interlopers! She screams, she hisses. You have brought the fire to the taint. You've brought. You've tainted the glade. You have burned this forest. <clears throat> you don't wear his symbol, but I know. I know you humans are all alike. I can smell the blood upon you. The blood of my people. Well. When we carried them back from them being decimated. Good morning. My name is Tevin Forster. Delegate Dondotter will stand beside you to help bolster your conversation. In essence, I'm portraying that I'm not dissuaded by that. It is a pleasure to meet you. She shakes her head violently and says, It is no pleasure for us to stand in the same place that is sacred to us and has not been tread by humans for winters. 
You are up. You are up on holy ground. You have, your people have burnt it. You have destroyed and desecrated our church. You're not from Stowe. It doesn't matter. You look like all of them. You are all the same. I know your kind. You disagree with your sister, yet you think that we can't disagree with our own. Your people are not that complex. You all murder, pillage, and rape and destroy. And yet, my pardon, I can't do those things. So, above board, keep in mind the things that you agreed to, what was you wishes to be gained, and also keep in mind your social tactic. That should inform your roleplay. So, not nothing's doing anything wrong. Just a quick reminder. So, shifting back. And yet, we would seek to be assisting for you. We would seek to be your ally. We brought back your injured people that we do not have to. We have resisted putting out violence where it benefits your people. You, Ohachi himself can testify that when given the option of butchering a guardian of your forest, a god if you will, our people, not the marauders, because we're separate, held back and sought a non-violent method to appease your beliefs. That we can be allies and we can work together. That not everything we do is with butchery. Even when it's face butchery towards us. And I just dropped my leg. She yeah. looks toward you and looks toward the three that you brought back, uh, Eliki and uh, the other two. And she nods in consideration for a moment and says, You could have left them to die. That is true. But it doesn't change the situation. You humans have burned the forest. You did not. Just as the same that you see your people standing behind us. Elki, Hakan, Makota. The same way that you see them and that they did not do anything to this force. They have not done the things that you have done, or the things that your tribe has done. The same way, we did not do the things that Emil, the man that you hold, that actually did these things did. I did not set fire, I was not even here. Instead, I came here, I attempted to calm your guardian, and I attempted to speak to your people. And she starts to gesture a little bit. You don't have the right to speak our tongue. What gives you the right, human? You think because you were tall and clever and live in stone caves that you can take our culture, that you can steal it and use it for your own to try to appease me in my place that your people have burned? No. No. That is precisely what is wrong with you people. All of you. I attempt to understand, but apparently that is not what you want. I understand that humans have done a great wrong to this land, and I don't wish to deny it, but what I wish to do is I wish to find a solution, one that will benefit everyone as much as possible. Solutions are hard to come by. They are, and they require a lot of work, and they require leading many people so that we can all accomplish the same thing, and that's why I'm here. So hopefully we will all come together and we'll save this forest. 
solutions are often met at the end of the iron, the end of the hand that wields it. It may require it, but it is my hope that it won't happen. And what would you propose? Well, you have brought yourselves here. You have convinced my sister foolishly to speak on your behalf. I if she was not here, I'd cut you all down where you stand. I reckon we can't make your decision for you, but what we can do is give you the information that we got. We, we got information about what the Crimson Marauders are, are looking to do tonight. You'll betray your own people, human? They aren't our people. We, we will do what we think is right. We will support you in this regard because it is the right thing to do. The only right thing to do is to kill the tall one. Is to kill all of them. Yes. We're in agreement with this. I have lived through what you've lived through. I know what you, how you're feeling right now. I know the rage. And I would hope that you would channel it in the coming battle. From, from my understanding, what I've heard, the, the folk here, the pixie in here, and the people of Stowe, they have been living together in peace for the last three years. And then, somehow, uh, the man, Emil Frost, is uh, still exploded, which caused the fire. But we're still very unsure about that, and would very much like to speak to the man to see if we can come to an understanding of why. Why something like this would happen if he had been living in peace and in prosperity for three years why start this the arsonist proclaims innocence but we know where the flames came from it came from his hut it came from his cabin he when we found him and the two running through the woods for their very lives they're in a drunken stupor they smelled of alcohol they smelled of poison they smelled of guilt the two there was someone else with him. There were two others. So, Emil and then two others? There are three, yes. Would we be able to speak then? <laughs> For. We've yet to, to cross the first bridge, and yet you want to circumnavigate all the Rovain Girdle in one conversation? I mean. Your hubris knows no bounds, human. Well, that seems to be the first bridge, is. That's what started this, right? That's the beginning? Would I have had it my way if Don Daughter did not intervene? Those men would be hanging from a tree and crows would be pecking at their eyes as we speak. Their flesh would be scourged. We'd lead them to the elements to die. They're off. They're off. To free suffer. You, you do have all three. Is that correct? The don delegate nods. Della Don daughter, she nods. Yes, yeah. there's Emil Frosch and two others from the village with him. Hmm. The blood, blood leaf steps forward. So speak to me, not to her. She hisses once again. Well, I believe we're all speaking, but I think what we're trying to say is, well, at least what I am, is I look around and I see your burned places. And it reminds me of where I've come from. My entire home burned. My people were destroyed. I, like one here, have come from a ravaged land. And I'm trying to settle a new life. This is your new life. I get your struggle. 
and yet you're angry. But we are here to help. It's only if you way. accept our help, you'll possibly live. And what is it that you would propose? What would you propose? Well, the tall man, as you put him, Graf Redrick, he is seeking to use us as a means to find you. Now, I have no doubt you can evade anything you want in your lands, but there is quite an easier solution of we let him do that. We let him follow us to a location of your choosing, somewhere more advantageous for your warriors. And when he believes he has circled you, you then drop the net on him, giving you the advantage of position and time and place of choosing for the battle, somewhere perhaps in mire or downhill or, if anything, drive them away to never return. The delegate kind of widens her eyes as she's astonished at the suggestion. And she kind of looks pleadingly to all of you, but Bloodleaf continues to speak. I will consider this plan. You would, you would lure the, these, these red people to me? I believe that that's not all of the plan. What else is there to do? They will not go away. We will not abandon the last vestiges of what we have here. We stand at the very edge, the last of the forest that stands. Our land is at stake. Then let, let us at least be absolutely sure of it. I've, I've been very busy. I've been speaking with the people of uh, Stowe. I've been speaking with the Grolsteaders that were in Stowe. Speak, speak, speak words. What, what do words do? Words conflate the issue, make things more complex. What is more pure than simply to solve the problem? You know, I once went to war when I was 13 years old. I think that would be what... I can't remember what the seasons were like with you all, but, you know... I was around your age when I went to war first. You were not my age. You were a child. You were still a spurt in your mother's belly. I'd lived a lifetime by the time I'd been 13 winters. Hmm. Well, then you look very young. Go on. I've learned a thing or two about human warfare. And... When it comes to human warfare, there are certain, what we call, rules of engagement that most people would adhere to. Do rules of engagement include torture? They do, yeah. It's, it's not what everyone would do. At least you can acknowledge what your people have done wrong. Go on. What I'm proposing is that, yes, we have a place, a time, that would be beneficial for you. But are you are you familiar with the term parlay? She looks to her sister, and the delegate kind of turns toward her, and she winds her eyes and kind of gesticulates, and, and Bloodleaf kind of takes a few steps back and says, there will be no parlay, she says. The time for parlay is over. 
I have abandoned I have abandoned who I was and I have taken upon this vestige. I am the wrath of this Dale. What if they were to leave? The people of who? The Crimson Martyrs. Those that seek violence. And what is to keep us safe? Who is to keep what what then? What about, what about the next Crimson Martyrs and the next and the next and the next? The humans will not just simply stop populating Stowe. They will reach across the eastern wood once again. They will bring their axes and tear the trees down. And the earth will scream and cry. Into the west they will expand. Until Stowe was not filled with caves of wood. <clears throat> but of caves of stone. Until they rise to reach the sky. What if they see that it is possible? What if they see that the people of Stowe are here, living with you all like they did for the past three years? She turns toward Don Daughter and Ohachi, and they kind of lock eyes for a moment. You would be willing to do this, woman? We would be willing to do what? As he says. Speak of peace and try to establish terms with Stowe, you mean? I am not against it. As I tried to state to you, those men that started the fire, those that started and destroyed your lands, those aren't us. And those people that are in that town, they weren't them either. There are people. You are correct. There are people that look at you because you look slightly different from us. Because you are a different tone and because you speak a bit different that will treat you wrong. I cannot say that that won't happen. But those are not us. Those are not all of them. You're telling me that the people of Stowe will treat outsiders equally? Eventually. You cannot expect it to happen in one winter, two winters even. As you've seen, in three winters it has become better. Yes, you are correct. Emil and whoever those two people were that were in there, they did irreparable damage. They broke what was yours, and they destroyed your ancestral place. That's correct. That was not those other people. And in the same way that you hold those three, but Dawn Daughter doesn't. Just because our skin may look similar, and just because we may speak similar, does not mean that we agree on things. And it does not mean that we are the same. Your point is taken. It took Ohachi some time to learn to speak with the people of Stowe. Yes. The words gonna stumble on her lips. You should probably also think of this. Samil Frost burned your lands and your area. And, and theirs. And theirs. They're starving. They, they have no food. Their granary was burned. All the food they stored for winter is gone because of this same man. So they, they want blood just as much as you. Not your blood. His. Good herder. You said this happened to you, that you were driven from your lands. Yes, the White Wolf way up north. And what would you Years do? Back. And if you were given steel in your hand and the numbers, what would you do to those who destroyed your land? My people were driven away. We didn't have the steel and numbers, but if we had, 
We'd kill them all. Do you see, Don Daughter? Do you understand now why these three must die? Don Daughter turns and says, You cannot kill them. That is not the right thing to do. And they begin to to, to talk in still tongue. They can't, they're moving, their hands are moving so fast and gesticulating so quickly you can't even make sense of what's happening at this point. It's all very, very confusing what's happening at this point between the two of them. I will add this. As you're speaking, it's falling on deaf ears as they're mm-hmm. in the midst of, of literally an argument. Mm-hmm. Silence, the delegate finally says to to Bloodleaf. Why wouldn't we make this easy? They destroyed the Yule Force, they destroyed the Grangers and Stowe. Have a trial. A trial between both your people. I'm blood. pretty sure Stowe wants, again, wants the blood of this man just as much as you. Good. They're starving. Bloodleaf begins to laugh, she's almost cackling, and you can hear her her laughing between the trees, and she smiles, and she nods, and her eyes widen. A trial, yes, but Emil Frosch is, this man Emil Frosch is no warrior. There will be no trial of words, there will be a trial of iron. And who will stand for Emil Frosch, say perhaps... Crimson Martyrs, the man himself, the tall man. If you wish, if you is wish he, battle for, uh, he will give it to you. We've told you that. It's the only trial we would even possibly consider. Well, here's my plan. I hope that you would listen to it. But if we pick the place in time. We hold up a white flag, and that is what represents we are, we wish to talk. And when we talk, we bring forward Emil Frosch, and we say, this is a man that set the forest on fire. It is not the Picts who did it. The forest is their own home. They would not set this forest on fire. And we can bring this man to justice, and then you can go home. And if they refuse to go home, then you have the advantage. And they would have proven themselves too. Otherwise, we won't know if they would choose to go home. If they don't choose to go home, you have all the advantage. You're suggesting that this arsonist, Emil Frosch, is... would speak to his guilt of burning the forest before his own people? People he's beloved by? Do you not think that he will twist his words and lie? That's on him. We've we've already shown them the proof. And if we could talk with Emil Frosch, we could uncover more. As we speak his own language, we would be able to further see through things that he may have been withholding from you. But how many guilty people have you known who have simply told the truth and have gotten away with it? It doesn't matter about his guilt of what he says. We have the evidence. There's the shattered bottles. 
there's the shed that's been exploded. All of the damage comes around the shed. That's where the fire started. Yeah. It's, it's, it's... He doesn't it's, need to admit it. And we've already told the River Warren. We've already told people in Stowe. But which is more important to the people of Stowe? Trade with the people in the forest or their medicine man? Uh, you see, you need to be able to be alive in order to take your medicine. And in order to be alive, you need to eat. And food's more important. He's got you there. You I must see. live to take medicine. You don't live without food. I they have no food. Not during the winter, when nothing grows. Us human types are not necessarily as good at hunting as you. In fact, not even half as good. We don't eat the meat of animals, we'll firstly, but I understand. I take your meaning. They will eat what they can. They can't get anything now. Potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in the stew, right? Sorry. Haven't you heard of Lenzies? As much as second breakfast, this plan you propose. Sounds ludicrous. <laughs> it is. It does not answer still for the tall man, this Graf Redrick, this crimson martyr. What he does not realize that as he intends to murder my people, filled with hatred, I am filled with the rage of the forest. I am filled with the rage of the Taint of Dale. I understand who he is in the same way he understands who I am. Even if there was to broker some peace in behalf of Stowe, it has not resolved the challenge or the issue with the Crimson Martyrs. They will not simply leave because a man is condemned. They are not there for justice. What, they are there to wipe us out. What they are are fanatics. And one thing that happens to fanatics is they see, they tend to lose the ability to lie. Because they believe that their purpose is beyond life. So if they intend you on, they will say so. They will not lie. And if they say they're going, they're going. Without a doubt, they have already put three of our people through put them to have exposed them to the weather they are lucky to be alive we know precisely what their intentions are to draw us out of the forest to cause pain to our people to our kith and yet because of us they stopped so there is a way so you think that they gave them up to you because you could somehow solve the problem peaceably Oh, People no. who know nothing but murder? They gave them to us because it was the best solution available. And what did you give them in exchange, human? They would be able to, to know where you are. The other is going to step back at this moment. There's a little bit of a commotion among all the pictures at this point. But one second. As he said, you lead them to a spot that's advantageous for you. You hold the trial there. If they still intend to attack you, you have free range. You have the advantage. 
you you win either way. Your man that burned down your forest in your home gets tried, and you get your fight. But you get your fight at an advantage. How do you not see this odd? Every every odds we're giving you the the advantage here. If you don't want the advantage, we'll turn around, and they'll find you. They'll burn down the rest of the forest until, until you, you know. do come out and fight them. That is his exact words. I'm, I'm not saying I don't agree with you, Tyrion of Lannister. Bannock, sorry. It's okay, you got Bannister. What I, what I think that Leaf's issue is, is she does not want a trial. She does not want to broker peace. Maybe with the town of Stowe, she doesn't want to give Redrick the chance to go away. She wants to give Redrick the chance to die. The delegate turns toward Bloodleaf and says, Yelana, listen to this man. He speaks the truth. Listen to him. Abandon your crusade, Yelana. Uh, Bloodleaf is considering at this point listening to you. One last thing, though. In favor of my two friends. You, you people have lost a great much, correct? How many more of them are going to have to die for you to feel justified? Or even with an ambush, even with favorable conditions, locations, they're going to die. A number of them, even if you win. How many are you willing to give up just to feel good about it? If we die, our blood will, will rejuvenate this forest. The blood of the dead will bring the forest back. For every man that we slaughter, a tree will be reborn in our sacred glade. You don't know our ways, respectfully, being from the east or west or wherever you're from, human. For every person that we slaughter in this forest, a a sapling will be reborn in its place where the corpse is buried in the the earth. Wouldn't it be easier to plant seeds? Remember, she doesn't like me anymore. Yeah. This tree is, this forest is much older than I, than, than you know. It is, it has been, it was born from the blood of our ancestors before you peop, before your people even came. The only way to restore a place that has been corrupted as such is to feed the forest, those in that which caused it harm. So I do not, so the blood of my own people Life is important, but rebirth is more so than that. And if, if we can take two down, I will gladly lay myself on mine. I know the others among me as well, say for perhaps my sister who has forgotten the Pictish ways. But what if you don't have to, and you can still have these people leave, have these crimson martyrs leave, and have justice? And what is your suggestion? Be frank and be direct. I suggest that we declare a place to me of your choosing and we have Crimson Manor's come, we present the evidence that it was Emil and not you, and we will see if they will leave. If they won't leave, then the fight that will eventually happen will be on your terms. But. So you take Emil to, to be clear, woman. Do you agree with this man's words? 
you lead this group, right? I do not. You are a woman. I know, right? But no, I don't. <laughs> the unfortunate thing is uh, our society is not necessarily the same as yours in that regard. The one that leads us is actually him. Hmm. I simply uh, am the voice of reason at times. As is want for our type. She nods. So you will bring Emil Frosch. You will present him before the Crimson Martyrs. And you will have him confess his crimes. And we will lay in wait, following you back to Stowe. And what will, when will we know if it is time to strike? What will signal that? When I drop the white flag. A literal white flag. Yes. She looks to the delegate Don Daughter, and Don Daughter nods and tis true, sister. I agree to these terms. Bloodleaf lowers her, her weapon. The others do too. We will give you a meal, Frosh. But we are keeping the other two. May we at least know who the other two are? Do not bother to inquire with their names. We simply put them through the rigor. No. You, you can you can keep them, but if but could we speak to them? You can have people there if you want, but if they know any more, they can help us figure out what happened. Come with me. Bloodleaf will take you toward the rocky outcropping. To where the, uh, to where the, uh, there's this low, low, small cave. Not far from where you're at. And the daytime light and the snow and the burnt ash of the tainted glade grows dark as you step into this wet maw of a cave and begin to descend down into the earth and down below you can see in the pale light or the, the, the dimming the dim light that it reaches down here these three desperate beaten and broken men who have clearly been tortured by the Pictish and we will stop here for the night 100 reward points <laughs> Good. So that's how social entry works. <laughs> Whatever reward points. Uh, corruption roll for tonight. Oh. I don't have any for once. I know. <laughs> what is this? No corruption. No corruption. You go up one two. step on the. Yeah. Uh, you got two. On, uh, Can I take some laudanum real quick before we end this? <laughs> the answer is no. Oh. Next week. <laughs> Actually, yeah, go ahead. Might no, as well. no, I'm kidding. You can take your laudanum if you want now. No, I'm kidding. Take your laudanum if you have it on you. Uh, she would. She Moves would not leave it. Is it on your character sheet is the question. Yes. You one step up your damage yeah. condition, right? It, she would yeah. not leave that precious of a thing on a boat right. with a bunch to, of To, to, to like, clarify, people. even though you all ransacked 
um, email Frosh's shop. If it is not on your character sheet, it is not on your character sheet. She has right. her personal stash. Perfect. Okay. So, so be sure Same. to account for that corruption. And we will roll corruption now, D10. Um, and the value is 10. Ooh. So oh my god, did you just get. You got an order ring. <laughs> they do exist for you. So, uh, around the table, so Eugene, what's your order chaos? Uh, I have three orders, six chaos. Okay. Banneker? Three and one. Okay. Ward? Two and one. Wow. How many fate points you have? Four? Four. Wow. We would lose away. Um, <laughs> uh, Elisa? Five and seven. Okay. Harper? Nine and three. We'll Whoa, shit. Yeah, nice. I have one fate point, though, so I need it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And finally, Terrilyn? Six and one. Okay. Wow, work your way up. He's he's been trying. <laughs> so this is a good session. This is a good this is a good talkie session. I think that I think kind of looking kind of back in retrospect, it's clear that like there's no real right or wrong right. here. That that people of Stoer kind of caught between it, and you're kind of unfortunately been made the fulcrum between these two groups. Yeah, I've been thinking about it all week, and uh, like I was like, I don't know when I'm going to reveal it, but I know I got to. I know I gotta say I write the letter first thing. Yeah. <laughs> I say let them all kill each other and let the gods sort them out. Yeah. Hey, that was that was my whole point. That's the chaos route. Uh, That's the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Following the tactics of your stream was like order chaos or neutrality. We're following chaos. No. Yeah, uh, I think it's not a, it's not an easy situation to resolve. Right. It's, a, it's a very complex. There's a lot of bad sentiment on both sides, and who's running, who's wrong isn't necessarily. I mean. For you to decide. It, it's funny. Both sides are blaming each other, yet blaming everyone else that's not them. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> and, and it's just like, <laughs> like it's like you two should just get in a room and was kill that, each other. We yeah. would solve this real quick. Yeah, we're still recording. Yeah, we're still recording. Like, so let's. Uh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, in situations like this, you need to let them prove it to each other, and that's yeah. like, that's all you can do. You can you can try your best. Step back and let them prove it to each other. That's right. If death still happens, step to the side. So we'll wrap up for tonight. Thank you all for tuning in for Queen of Embers, episode 61. Thank you for patronage. Uh, Tim promises a dance at the end of every episode. Please don't. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we'll oh, is find that out, the level of patronage? We will find out next week. <laughs> I'll pay to make it stop. We'll find out next week, probably, the third of the fourth four pieces of evidence you gathered. You'll gather that next piece, that next clue. Nice. As you get to speak with Emil Frosch about what, how he is, and why his name was mentioned in the burnt scrap of paper, in in the uh, quarters where Rosalia was writing something in a in a fervor as she had been murdered. Barrister started the, the fire, calling it. I do plan on asking him. Where are the drugs? Right. This <laughs> is my house. <laughs> ah, swear to me. Swear to me. All right. See you all next week. Bye. 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 Yeah.